Photo Podcast number 355, and we are Zooming. So here we go, uh, because Steve had to go and get coronavirus. Uh, we're, we are now, uh, you know, coming to you with cocktails. I got to tell you, though, it's a lot nicer. Hey, B, what's going on? You say hi? Okay. Uh, nice. You, your daughter's making the fish face. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I did for the record, I am I tested negative two times this week, but just to be safe for being cool, but I am no longer a COVID uh, refugee. Refugee <laughs> <laughs> of your own room? Yeah. Dude, my wife was sending stuff in like a prison cell. She'd put food in a bin, open the door, throw it in, and close the door. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's like it's one of those plague tent situations yep. where like nobody wants to come and work there unless they've already had it. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. The bubble boy. <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. So um yeah, so this is it. You know, for next week, guys, I want to do uh we'll probably be back in studio, aka the shop, um, for next week. But I'm gonna be heading out of the country. Well, actually to a different part of our country. I'm going to the US Virgin Islands for Christmas. So uh, I will uh, we'll do a podcast at the shop and it'll be our Christmas spectacular. So there'll be gifts. I, I have bought gifts for all of you. Um, if you show up, there will be a gift for you. Unless there's more than nine people, in which case there will be a gift for nine people. <laughs> First nine people. <laughs> First nine people will get a gift. <laughs> Fortunately, we make sure we got to put this out so that people, they can't hear it because the guys we haven't seen for six months will be showing up from like, hey, hey, <laughs> yeah, and they'll be there at 315 in the afternoon. All the people that were there to be one time guests, <laughs> exactly, to show up and be like, what's this gift I've heard about? Interesting. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's the, so that I want us to do that next week. So that'll be our Christmas spectacular. Um, this is just normal December bullshit right now. So yeah, we don't have to worry about impressing anybody with this one. The, uh, what was hilarious though, was our last week of zoom being completely out of fucking shape. Like nobody is good at zoom anymore. We've all fallen off the zoom thing pretty quick. And it was, it was hilarious to have everything going on in my household in the background while we were trying to make zoom work and we ain't done that shit in a while. Yeah. So if you listen to last week's podcast, <laughs> thank you <laughs> they're out of order now because i i dropped that one before i dropped the uh i dropped 354 before i dropped 353 so the one that with nick uh the nick going off on our listeners uh <laughs> that one got dropped today so <laughs> nice oh that's a good one the uh the my i listened to it and it's the my favorite thing is don't at me bro and that's officially <laughs> <laughs> that is my new official thing. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> so, we yeah. should do t-shirts with Nick's face and say, don't add me. Bro. Don't add me, bro. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was super fun. Uh, but yeah, good, good time was had by all. Anybody have any major, um, major motorcycle related events or life events that they want to share with the group? Um, I finished moving all of my bikes from the other house to this house. So they're officially all here and in the garage, which makes me feel special. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I can verify that, though. I'm not used to seeing bikes so spread far apart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
I did you just leisure, just leisurely, just threw them in there. I um, with like three feet in between each one of them. Yeah, I like my 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 old garage looked like Phil's shop, but worse. Like there was no, it was like I had to like it was like a puzzle, and I had to very carefully back them into place and all that stuff. Right. Now, absolutely no Tetris, no Tetris at all. No, it's good. So you know, the only solution for that is more bikes. Oh, that's that's the plan. <laughs> Be out soon. I've already, I've already been eyeballing a few at the shop. Amy heard that, and I just heard her yell, "No!" Yeah, I could I could bring some out if you need more. You know, just to make it feel cozy. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. I tried to contact uh, Saunders about the Metacycle this week, and uh, I have not got a response from them. But uh, I thought I could put like a certain amount of money down and just reserve one. No, they want the full amount. Wow. Oh, man. I'm just like, you know, there's a link there. You can see that in Europe, you can put down $100 and you're good. But here they want 1000 up front, and then they want you to – you know, every month pay some more. Wow. The, uh, that is an interesting concept. I wasn't really planning on getting into this just yet, but uh, seeing as how this is a podcast, I'd like to just say that with us today, and it is impossible to do a roll call because we don't know what window we are in. Right. Nobody has any idea. So we're going to do it the way we normally do it in the podcast. To my immediately left is... Oscar... To, to Oscar's immediate left is uh, now me. So Steve Sleepy with no board. I feel yep. naked. I don't have any controls of anything. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> to his left is Dan Kromke. Absolutely. <laughs> and to his left is Chris Smith. And to his left is Johnny Mack. And to his left is. He's, he's muted. muted. Oh, he's muted. Oh, he's sleeping already. He's, he's sleeping muted. Already. <laughs> and just, yeah, Steve is muted. Sleeping already. <laughs> there he goes. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. My, my internet connection to the house is gone. Oh, okay. I, the last time I squirrel chewed through it. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> and so it's AT&T. And they're the most unreliable company in the world. I mean, if they build cars, they'd be Lattas. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, car, the cars just need to be squirrel-proof. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, when T-Mobile's more, more reliable than AT&T, then you know you got a problem. So. Is, is, T-Mobile, is T-Mobile more squirrel? Like, have they made cutting-edge advancements in anti-squirrel technology with the AT&T car behind on? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think AT&T makes their wires out of peanut butter. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and then to his left, again, Nick DeVito. Nick DeVito. Thank you. Having some, some audio problems. Yeah, <laughs> Mecklefresh is doing some stuff, too. So about the squirrels, um, are you familiar? I, I think Chris Smith got one of these um, bucket mouse traps. It's basically a slip and slide for, for mice. And uh, those bucket mouse traps? how it works is it's five gallons, you know, it's a five gallon Homer pail bucket thing, you know, that you use. And so you got a five gallon bucket and then on top of it goes a, a lid for the bucket and there's a, a tippy thing on it and there's a cool ramp that the mice get to go up. 
And the idea is you throw some sunflower seeds or something in the bucket and then you put peanut butter up on the roof by the slide. And when you have all these elements, go ahead, Oscar. But do you have to ride on the ramp, not a ramp? So they Not a ramp, yeah. But, yeah, them out? yeah. Mice, mice will get the joke um, if you do that. Oh, Chris has got one there. Oh, no. So Chris has got one there. Uh, yep, there it is, the flip and slide. Now, there are ones that are made... There's ones that are made in America, and there are ones that are made in China. And those China ones are a ripoff of a hardworking American's product. So make sure you get the one that is made in America. Costs twice as much, absolutely more effective to the mice. Uh, the mice will the die USA. with a sense of dignity. So we bought one for us, and then we bought one for the neighbor across the street. Yeah. who has a chipmunk problem, much like we yeah. have. So, you know, when you're getting one, what the hell? So I, I, interesting thing, when you order them on Amazon, you, um, I ordered two of them on Amazon and four of them have arrived. So oh, I wanted okay. to check and make sure I hadn't accidentally double ordered or something, but I do oh. have a couple of extra of them. And mm -hmm. here's what I can tell you. They are remarkably effective at neutralizing mice in your garage. Um, I'm going to use the term neutralizing because they're no longer able to chew through things. Um, it's uh all their teeth are gone well it's mostly about what do you put in the bottom of the barrel like what do you put in the bottom of the bucket because if you put like three inches of water in the bottom of the bucket it depends on how good they can swim but if you put nothing in the bottom of the bucket except for like a handful of cashews and some like three-year-old trail mix then what you get is incredibly energetic mice in the bucket Ooh. so I can tell you that here's a thing that you don't want to do is uh, put the three-year-old trail mix in the bottom of the bucket and a couple of cashews and whatever and put a little peanut butter on the top to attract them. And then you go out and check the trap two, three days later. And what you find is three incredibly well-fed energetic mice. <laughs> then it becomes a conundrum. What do you do with three very much alive energetic mice? Here's what I can tell you doesn't work. Put your glove on, reach down into the bucket, grab one of the mice. They move really fast. It's like trying to catch a goldfish in a five gallon bucket. It ain't easy. So you, you eventually get one of them and you've got it in your hand and you go to bring it out of the trap. And when you bring it out of the bucket, that mouse goes shooting out of your hand mm -hmm. at like a, a SpaceX type speed um, and far. Like, I had no idea a mouse could go that far without assistance. Uh, it launched. So it went one and a half Japanese cars away from where I was standing. Uh, I, I gave up on that mouse. I figured, fuck that mouse. So I reached <laughs> in the bucket and I got the second mouse after some squirming around. And I got the second mouse and I held on to him tighter. Um, that mouse bit my glove and <laughs> welding gloves are awesome. So they're mouse proof. So the mouse bit the shit out of the glove, even though, you know, that was his last act of defiance. <laughs> I took that mouse out in the backyard and I relocated him into the neighbor two streets over's backyard. <laughs> I believe the phrase is we're no longer calling it a catapult. It's a now a mouseapult. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like throwing a grenade. I recommend the grenade procedure. I figure he landed easily. 
they're very light. The shit out of them, right? <laughs> well, he's not coming back. I mean, if he comes back, he's the most determined fucking mouse ever. But the way I looked at it is, Merritt specifically said, if my intention is to terminate these mice, she doesn't want to know about it. Right? So she's like, whatever has to happen, has to happen. But this trap can work either way. It can either be the world's last water park or a temporary mouse relocation system. And so I, I relocated the second one with extreme velocity. And so the third one, I reached back into the bucket with my gloved hand and the mouse just saw my hand, my arm as being the perfect um, <laughs> exit strategy for the five gallon bucket. And it turns out that a mouse can go from a five gallon bucket to in your right ear in about one tenth of a second. Um, one, he he went up my shoulder. Oh, 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 sorry. He went up my shoulder and he straight up used my ear as a launch platform and off he fucked. So I have two mice in my garage that now understand the trap. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever trap them again. I don't of think course. my chances of getting those two mice are ever going to happen ever again. Chris, so. what's the score at your house? Uh, you, you know what? We haven't even tried ours yet. hasn't deployed it yet. Uh, yeah, so we uh, used uh, a bunch of traps this past summer because we right. had a, a lot. I think we, uh, uh, we got um, chipmunks. So I think we ended up killing 31 chipmunks with, uh, with snap traps. Right. And, and our process is we... Uh, once they're snapped, uh, I take them in the backyard and put them by a tree. And at night, the um, Marge, what is it that eats them? The, the possum comes by. Oh, the possum uh, comes by and gets yeah, them. So, so Mrs. Smith put out a, uh, a camera. And so we would watch the possum come by. And uh, it would you know, just have a snack at night. And <laughs> it, was, it was a circle of life, I'll tell you. Because <laughs> oh, mouse, I see that. Can you <laughs> Chris, tell me, let me know when you get to 70, because that's how many squirrels and chipmunks I got in the backyard with my pellet gun. Oh, you no did? Kidding. Wow. In two years. That's fantastic. Mm. Squirrels that's and so chipmunks with a pellet gun. No shit. That's good. I love that shit. Well, but Dan, you also said, or no, maybe it's Phil saying there, there were eagles uh, hunting down the squirrels in your neighborhood. Was that I, was considering taking the, uh, I was considering taking the mice. And putting a clothesline in the backyard and sort of dangling them from the clothesline to make a bit of a, a, a bit of a you know bald eagle feeding zone, but I, I don't think they're going to go for it. With a clothespin. Hey, we got we got that one listener. He actually friended me on Facebook. He has yeah. trained trained falcons. Right. Like he's a big falcon trainer oh, guy. Oh yeah. Falcon. That would be badass, man. Take that bird and be like, get the mice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be swoop through driving or dining. <laughs> yeah. It's a swoop through restaurant. Yeah. Eric, can you hand me the, uh, the toy that you bought for our nephew? So um, speaking of night vision goggles, speaking of trail cameras and all that kind of cool, fun shit. So my wife, uh, who's brilliant, as we all know, she went to a product called wickeduncle.com. And that is Wicked uncle.com it's not what you think it is <laughs> I, again she went there right she wouldn't go to a website that was called wicked uncle.com but apparently it dark web? For toys for anyone was it on the dark web it was on the dark web <laughs> so 
The uh, so wickenuncle.com is apparently so my wife was searching for toys for Christmas for our nine year old nephew who's awesome. So this is the product. Um, I don't know if you can see that, but this product is uh, huh. is advertised as being well. Yeah, yeah, right. So I'm going to flip this camera around so you guys can kind of see it correctly. Uh, there you go. So this is the cam. This is the product. So what does that tell you guys? Anybody can see it? Night mission goggles. Right on, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call attention to the fact that this box of this product gives you every belief in the world that your nine-year-old is going to be able to kind of go out and fuck around in the dark, right? Um, Find you know, Bin Laden. <laughs> exactly, right. All that kind of stuff. Fair and, enough. I've got I've got night vision I've got night vision devices here that are 1980s or 1990s Russian leftover abandoned on the battlefield technology that like have a gyro motor that you have to like squeeze them and that generates the electricity that runs the NVGs so they never run out of batteries. How fucking cool is that? Wow. So it's literally just got a, a squeezy on the side and when you squeeze it, it'll run for like 40 or 50 seconds per squeeze. So this way, the batteries never die. And I've used it in the backyard for spotting battle, things. Though. What's a that? It's a bitch while you're trying to fire your gun and you got to give it a couple of squeezes. Yeah, you're sitting there squeezing it the whole time you're trying to shoot. But the idea is it's more about surveillance <laughs> than it is anything else. But as rude as they are, as, as terrible as they are, they work actually pretty good at amplifying the existing light that's in the backyard. Mm -hmm. um, so now we come to this. Okay. Um, Dr. Waters, what, how much was paid for this? I told you it's more than $20. How much did you pay for it? <laughs> I think it she doesn't want to fucking admit. I think it was $30. $30 per? Yeah. They're going to look it up. So you don't want to be, do you want to be? No, 29 Okay. Because, because if you're accurate, that's good. But if you're not, then you're lying and that's going to compromise your integrity with our podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> So she says about 30 bucks a pop. And just like boxing gloves, though, you can't buy one. You got to buy two so kids can fuck around with each other, right? So she bought two sets of these things. I got... Would anybody in our podcast group like to predict how this worked out? I would say that it's like the ad in the back of those magazines that you sent away for when you were kids. <laughs> you know, like you're getting a full-size spaceship to go to Mars. And it's a it's like four pieces of cardboard. The full size functional submarine. I bought the X-ray glasses five times and they never worked. <laughs> John bought the X-ray glasses five times and they never worked. Uh, they would have they would have worked the sixth time. I have a feeling it's the same thing as your VW uh, cooler. <laughs> wow. What kind of batteries do they take? So first of all, this this device was engineered to consume not one, not two, but three AAA batteries. Mm. And uh, the batteries go in the back. And uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys the anatomy of it. So first, you can see it has the highly attractive, optically correct, OSHA approved spectaculars here. And then it's got the fold out uh, bomb sight that you put on the side there. And what's funny about the fold out bomb sight that swings out in front there is accidentally, whether or not this company knew they did it, but whether or not they know it, they accidentally made a telescope. They made a telescope without a tube. And if you can line up lens one and line lens two, which is almost impossible, you get about six power magnification by complete dumb luck. 
There's no way they meant for that to happen. And then, uh, the, of course, you know, the safety specs. There you go. <laughs> Kromke's with me. Oh. He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to so, say, you look like you look. I, built, like, I made my own. Of Borg. Right. So yeah. the, the oh-so-attractive blue lens means nothing. But here's the money. The money is this right here. This is where everything was spent. Everything was spent on the back, which is the battery carrier. Again, three AA batteries. A piece of a flexible conduit of some sort going out here to not one, oh, but no. two, two LEDs. Oh, oh so and that's these your LEDs, night vision. These LEDs are special because they're not green. Nope. They're not red. Nope. They're not even white. They're fucking blue. Um, yeah. How blue are they? They're super fucking blue. They're bluer than shit. Uh, they're so blue, you can see them from space. <laughs> um, so for the record, these are not night vision goggles. No. These are a flashlight. <laughs> this is a flashlight. This is three AAA batteries that runs over here to two LED bulbs. Garbage. And they do produce visible lumination. The optics are completely masturbatory. Like the optics do nothing. Well, like when, this, when you have them on though, it looks like you're going to send it. <laughs> already sent it. Uh, I can tell you the only thing that these are good for is looking like a complete nutter tit. Because <laughs> if you did last night, Merritt and I experimented with these in the bedroom. Uh, strike that last night while we were in the bedroom we experimented with these still doesn't sound right no. last night while we were experimenting in the bedroom we were wearing these still doesn't sound right but I'm going with it the point being that in, in total darkness the bedroom where light goes to die these things lit the place up to no end so again the problem is, it's not what they say, it's what they don't say. Night mission goggles? Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to point out because I'm, I'm at the website and it's, 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 it's in the details, man. It's not vision, it's night mission yeah. goggles. Well, so I, think, really I think night vision would be more accurate because can you True. see in the dark with them? <laughs> yes. All right. So what I'd like but to it, say, so uh, Dan, what do you got up there, buddy? The it's from the same website for and how much 15, were they? It was Merritt lying to us. These are fifteen ninety nine. Fifteen ninety nine. No, like a different, different one. Goggle though. That no, that's looks a different one. I'm, I'm I'm looking at the other one. It's twenty nine ninety nine. Merritt is right. No, that's a different one. Okay, so one. My wife doesn't lie. We knew that. She's stupid. She married me, but she doesn't lie. Um, she's. But the hilarious thing is, so we bought this thing. We can't give it to the child. Not because stupid. Not stupid. Not stupid. Poor taste in men. Right. Exactly. She said lousy taste in men. The, uh, that's it. Yes. Okay, so, that was, she made that commitment a very long time ago. So I sent you guys a, a photo of what my phone takes. So I have a FLIR on my phone. Right. And that's, yeah. almost like X, that's like almost like X-ray. <laughs> Holy crap! Pretty cool. Yeah, the resolution is good on it. But but the idea being that 
it is what Mecklefresh said about the X-ray specs. This is the X-ray specs of our generation. Like the idea being that it's conceivable. I mean, look, we've all had that, that broken video camera or that old video camera that has a chip in it. And you can use a remote control infrared to then put those two things together. And now you have night vision, you know, no visible light, but you can see what you're doing. And it's completely practical. If you have an old video camera, you don't use anymore. Because why would you? Because when was the last time anybody bought a VHC tape? Um, if you have one of those laying around and you have a remote control with, you know, an IR emitter on it, now you have a flashlight and an object that operates outside of the normal human spectrum. And you can use that to... They did pick the right color though, because I remember when the blue LEDs came out, like in the mid '90s. That yeah. was the brightest, and and that, yeah. that I don't know why. I mean, obviously it's the 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 wave look and all that stuff, but those were always the brightest. Yeah, blue is out. the so blue is the color that the human eye tends to perceive as the most brightest. Right. So it's the the strange thing with the human eye is like you you want to cut down the blue. The blue works overtime to our eyes. So uh, blue is that thing. If you want something to be brighter, add more blue to it. Mm -hmm. Sylvania did that shit in the 90s and the 2000s with headlights. And everybody was driving mm -hmm. down the street with blue laser beams coming out of their fucking cars, you know. And uh, but the idea was, oh, it was brighter. Well, it wasn't brighter. It was bluer, you know. Right. So your eyes thought it was brighter. So that was fine. But yeah, so those that that gift right there, the Spy X. And the whole idea is, you know, 30 bucks for a pair of $2 bullshit Chinese something and 10 cents worth of LED lighting and a battery destroyer. Um, <clears throat> you know, nobody's going to return it except us. So uh, you're recommending that for the new toy for the bedroom? Is that what you're saying? What's that? Is, is that the new recommended toy for Christmas for the bedroom? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's totally terrible in the bedroom because, again... What are you going to see? You're going to see your wife wearing headgear with bright fucking blue light coming out of her head. And what you really want to see is you want to see absolute pitch blackness. And you can be doing whatever the hell you want to do in pitch blackness. And nobody knows except for the two people that are wearing the, head the headgear. That's what you want. But it turns out you can't invade Iraq on a $30 budget when it comes to night vision glasses. So there's what you hope for and what you actually get. And it turns out, consumer warning, yeah. Oh, oh, so so anyway, with, so the what I, best thing I can recommend for this is airmail. It's gone, so we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Hey, so speaking of consumer reports, Phil, yeah. how much do you think sending or recalling two thousand? I was going to say you should start a company and sell those to the Iranians. <laughs> uh, that's a good idea. But how much do you think it costs to recall two thousand six hundred eighty-nine motorcycles? You mean the Harley Davidson Pan Americas? Yes, sir. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and for one of the greatest reasons ever, the bitch might fall off. The bitch <laughs> might actually fall off. Yeah. So the, the passenger seat, they found it that can just fall off. Hey, I, excuse me. Have you seen my R2 unit? <laughs> I know. I know the solution. They're going to give you some T-shirt. That's the one that says, if, <laughs> if you see this T-shirt, the fish fell off for free. There you go. If you <laughs> can read my shirt, it's a Pan America. my recall. And then they'll give you some night vision goggles to look for her. <laughs> So, do you? I, I, 
I do want to bring this up because there's something here that we should talk about mm -hmm. for just a second. And that is Harley Davidson has a hundred year long history of lying about things. Okay. Things that are somewhat easy to check. I'd like to say they have a hundred year history because the first time they sold, they told a giant lie, it was about them being a hundred years old. <laughs> and so they, they announced their, you know, we've been selling motorcycles for a hundred years. They were like, Oh, I'm sorry. We should have been more clear. We've been thinking about motorcycles for a hundred years. <laughs> we haven't been selling motorcycles for a hundred years. We've been considering motorcycles for a hundred years, but that'll look good on the side of the gas tank. Won't it? Dude, there's so, about there's about 600 kids at the comic-con that you know they've been having sex for uh, 22 years <laughs> exactly practice sex. <laughs> yeah i've 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 been an absolute no hitter <laughs> but but <laughs> been i've been in training <laughs> been i've logged a lot of launches on the simulator <laughs> so, but it turns out that Harley Davidson had put out a really big marketing campaign just a little while ago, like weeks ago, that said they were the number one selling adventure motorcycle in America. Right. All righty then. Number one. Well, no, number one Harley American Davidson? adventure motorcycle. Well, hold on. Because Harley Davidson also, when they had their, their product called the, the Livewire, right? They also said they were the number one electric motorcycle in America, too. Number one selling electric motorcycle in America. Yeah. Mm. They weren't. No. They were the number one selling model of electric motorcycle. See, the problem is Zero's got fucking nine different models of motorcycles. You can get your Zero nine different ways. But when you only sell vanilla ice cream, you have the best selling vanilla ice cream in the market and that's the thing is harley davidson said that it was like okay sure did you sell more live wires the one thing that you sell then zero sold one of the nine different types of electric motorcycles they sold maybe i'm but actually surprised by that i'm surprised yeah. that they sold more live wires than any one particular zero. I would have thought zero, any one of their models would have sold right. more than the live wires. Any one particular version of a zero, because there's a whole bunch of versions of a zero. But that is an interesting thing because when people actually look at the numbers and try to figure that out, even as a, even as a Harley Davidson shareholder, they don't give us those actual numbers. And those numbers are secret. If you're in the Motorcycle Industry Council, you don't get those numbers. Those I would numbers have bet that there's more Janus's out there than live wires. <laughs> Could be. But here's the one time when you do I find I don't know about that. Well, here's the one time when you do find out how many of something there are, when there's a fucking recall. So when there's a recall and the recall affects 100% of every of the bikes they sold. So when the recall affects 100% of the bikes they sold because they didn't bolt the back seat on. <laughs> Then we get the numbers, and the numbers are that 2,257 or some odd Pan Americas have been sold since their launch. And so now we know that 2,200 or 2,400 of these bikes actually were sold. And it turns out that's not the number one most prolific adventure bike in America. It's not. Mm -mm. So BMW can lay that in the weeds with even not their 
1200, you know, their, their big boy class. So maybe they're claiming it's the number one, most prolific American made adventure bike. Right. Yeah. yeah because nobody, what other ones are made in America? Right. Which is meaningless because Maybe if that, we well, put enough asterisks after something, I am the sexiest man in America. But you know what? How many Africa twins do you think they sold? And that's, is, are those made in Marysville or, or assembled or where? I don't they, know. Made in Japan. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. They're, but I know they sold a lot more Africa twins than they sold Pan Americas. I was about to say, yeah. 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 Because I know seven people who own Africa twins. Right. I don't know. I don't know anybody who owns Pan Americas. <laughs> yeah. So in my so the advertisement that I would write for Harley Davidson would say that Phil Waters knows nobody who owns Africa <laughs> Twins. I'm sorry, Pan Americas. Therefore, they didn't sell any Pan Americas last year. Right. Yeah. If they were working harder, they'd be selling them to people I know. But apparently, my friends like buying. Africa twins, like they're like crack encrusted or something. Mm. Yeah. They all dig them. So how's, how's the action at the shop been deader than dead? Or you got anything going on? Well, guys, uh, we have sold one bike per day for the past week. All right. And that's kind of fucking shocking. (laughs) That is kind of shocking. How Um, often was Hofford in the, in the shop? Yeah, Hoffert was there for about five minutes. He bought five bikes. He got me all settled up for the week. Uh, yeah. yeah. Basically, I just, I just brought in a bunch of SYMs. I just signed up to be an SYM dealer. A dozen SYMs showed up. He bought five of them. So we're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that, that could possibly happen. Don't, the- don't we know it? In the retail justice. Could you actually be an SYM dealer again? I could. Oh, all it takes is a phone call. I could. The problem is right now in the United States, SYM is being sold alongside of a product called Lance. And uh, to get SYM, you also have to get Lance. And I don't like Lance so much. So I love SYM. I think they're great. I'm not willing to hold my nose hard enough to sell lances to get SYMs. You can have great sex, but you're going to get herpes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not a great thing. You know, if I made an agreement to only sell the lances remotely, like long distance, be like, you know, oh, you got the SYMs are all right here. That's great. And there's a dozen lances in the back, but you can only order those online. Hmm. The good news is we do ship anywhere outside of lower 48. <laughs> outside of? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Waters likes the sound of that because she hates it when I say free shipping in the lower 48. Yeah. Hmm. She doesn't like that. She's like, what do you mean? What, is it? what do you got against Alaska and Hawaii? Come on. <laughs> Be an American. Support everyone. I'm like, no, I've mailed stuff to Alaska and Hawaii. It's really expensive. But you know what's weird? How come other countries, like there's a, there's a bike breaker in Amsterdam called Bamustra or something like that, or Bamustra. And when I, was, I wanted to fuck with the TNT 35 rear seat, um, since they had the 125s for years before we got the 135, they had parts from wrecked bikes. Right. So I bought like the little back pillion seat so I could like carve it out and stuff, but keep my original nice. 
And I ordered it on a Sunday night at 8.30 and it was in my hands on a Tuesday and shipping was $18. So like, how can they do that? But we can't ship anything. I, to ship to California is like 75 bucks and takes a week. Like, I, it was really surprising. And it was, a, it was a service I'd never seen before. It wasn't EMS or anything. It was like some weird European service. But God damn, that was fast, man. And it's, I mean, that's so cheap. It almost seems like they're picking them up off the ground. I wonder if they say Pan America on the back of them. I don't know. <laughs> so Dr. Waters redeemed herself. Um, she she decided that we're going to return the night vision goggles. We're going to go for pure. Um, this is glow in the dark jumbo snow golf. <laughs> I'd like to call attention to the fact that the picture is all daylight. Yeah. <laughs> it's all daylight. But but what is with Dr. Waters' gift selections that everything Dr. Waters is picking has to be used in the dark? <laughs> when your husband's in only a certain level of attractiveness, a lot of things happen in darkness. Yeah. <laughs> she just assumes the rest of the world operates that way, too. <laughs> I mean, there's only two people on this podcast that didn't assume that that was the way it was for all of us. Like, I, think, I think Nick and Oscar might be like, oh, I'm a pretty good looking guy. But <laughs> in the dark, yeah. in the dark, I'm a it's... solid six. At least it says jumbo. <laughs> yes, it does say jumbo. Oh, <laughs> so uh, um, I did I, I, as, as demoralizing as that all is and just being in touch with your own reality. The uh, you were talking about the the electric motorcycle there, Dan. The that's the Sondor, right? Right. Okay. And so the the provisions for you to buy that that motorcycle right now, the rules for you to buy that motorcycle in the United States are what? They want a thousand dollars down. And then you can make either three, four, or five payments until the full price is paid. But they don't know when they're going to start shipping. That's a tough one. In Europe, you can put down $100 and reserve one, and you're done. Right. Are there physical versions of this anywhere? Or like a, just like, like a prototype that's being passed around to all the magazines and stuff? No, I think they they did have like a handmade prototype, uh, and I think it came out. You know, the the changes for homologation have come out. You know, they're actually a fairly well respected maker of e bikes, hmm. but um, when I tried to contact them through the e bikes number, they told me that's a completely separate division of their company. Oh. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. That's what I was worried about because you're right. The the e-bike, their name in the world of electric bicycles is pretty fucking solid. But when it comes to motorcycles, especially motorcycles that are are advertised as being street legal, like you could put a license plate on it and it would be legal in your state in the United States. That's real slippery. I mean, that's like, that's super slippery. Um, real important big motorcycle companies have failed to cross that hurdle um, with products that were really good products. Um, there's a lot of shit that they have in other countries that kicks much ass that we don't get in America because of it can't pass NHTSA 
and it can't pass DOT or EPA. Uh, and for some company like an electric motorcycle company to be able to do that with a product that they ultimately want to sell to you, because you're going to what? You're going to want to be able to ride it at over 24 and a half miles an hour. And you're going to want to be able to put a license plate on it probably because if you don't, somebody's going to take it from you with lights and lights on the top of their car. So yeah, it's a, that's a tough one, man. Yeah. I mean, standards are tough. That's a bitch. Uh, that's a big gamble too, because I, I would think that them making it so that the pre-order price overseas is is a hundred dollars kind of makes it sound like they they aren't really taking the United States seriously with this and that yeah they they might sell a bunch of these things but probably not in the United States I mean, it's a California based company right yeah uh, I think that has to do I think that might have to do with international laws so in some foreign countries to take a deposit on something there's rules about how big or small the deposits allowed to be Oh, okay. And I know that with a cyber truck and stuff that my dumb ass was able to put my name on a cyber truck for $100. So, you know, that's, that's leveraging a lot of real estate for a hundred bucks. And I know that, um, in the case of other companies that may or might, may not have delivered on their product, Steve, how's your LEO coming along? What LEO? Didn't you put a deposit on Yeah, I did, but it's, I mean, they they had another press release, but it's that that's never going to be made. It's it's never ever going to be made. Just I just heard today actually, or one of the other uh, a donut uh, YouTube channel that they just started delivering the first reviews. Wow, so those those are allegedly. Yeah. I don't know, but they, at least they, they haven't start- they haven't passed uh, safety rating tests yet. So they can say all they want that they're delivering. They're they're not right. So has how much was your deposit on your LEO? It was. Um, I'm trying to remember because I haven't even thought about that for like <laughs> what years now? Has it been years? Yeah, Did you pay for that? Did you pay for that in Reichsmarks or some other currency that's no longer accepted? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad I didn't pay for it in Bitcoin. Because <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> that would have been a, like a $400,000 Elio. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember what the deposit was for Elios. I don't think it was a hundred. There's different levels of it. Okay. So if you were. If you paid more, you got moved up in line more, and you were like, you got into the Sapphire Club or the, you know, the Gold Star Club or the, you know, the bigger dumbass club. So, <laughs> but I already put down the so. So, keeping in mind those words that just came out of Steve's mouth, um, I'd like to remind you that there are certain products that are operating on that exact same business model today. And uh, there's uh, a company that called that's called Land Motorcycles, and they're selling electric motorcycles. And if you spend an obscene amount of money, you will get in the early, early adopters club or the premier edition, and you're going to get some very special version of the bike. But it's 
an obscene amount of money and then for for what the electric motorcycle can do and then we get into other stuff like the daemon so right now all the motorcycle press is batting around this uh catnip filled mouse that is the daemon electric motorcycle and they're saying it's 200 horsepower and it, it, it's all of these things and it's amazing how easy it is to have amazing stats and amazing specs when you're made of unicorn farts uh well i think of the um that helmet company those guys were going to make that helmet company that uh had the uh, vision in the screen you could see all the stuff on your screen uh you a heads-up display and all that stuff and those guys spent it on uh whores and uh whiskey i mean i don't but all these people put their money in for it and they never i don't think they even produced a helmet or they might might have produced like two prototypes right and, and, but, and that company actually got sued for, for what they did. I can't remember the name of the company. So, so ultimately, what was that? It was a good idea. I mean, if you could have a heads-up display with, like, I mean, to me, if I was going to start a company, I would have a heads-up display that had a FLIR uh, a sensor in it so that you could see animals at the side of the road. I think well, that's a good idea. Well, you yeah. know what? The guy, the guy who uh, did the motorcycle cannonball in 33 hours and 16 seconds, he hooked up a FLIR camera or, or like a night vision, like a FLIRish night vision. It wasn't the colorful one. It was like a black and white one. And then he had an iPad mounted with a thing on his tank. And he said at night when he was doing 160 miles an hour through Texas and stuff like that, he didn't even look straight. He just looked at the screen and he could see way better. He could see animals and all kinds of shit and stuff like that coming. So that you're absolutely right. Like you end up looking at the screens and it's safer than trying to see in front of your bike. The helmet company in question was called Scully. That's the one I was trying to remember. Yep. S-K-U-L-L-Y. Because oh, yeah. Oscar has a helmet that has a rear view camera built into it. Or, or tell him about that, Oscar. It's, it's, it's just mirrors. It's just going through a really wide really thin but you don't need anything more because it's right on top of your your eye your eyesight area and then it just goes through with mirrors all the way to the back and you have a wow. rear uh, rear area on the back that captures everything and it looks great looks it fucking you, amazing you to recharge it, you don't have to do anything about it it's just all there and i'll, huh. I'll, I'll go get it while you keep talking there's no it. electricity in it whatsoever and it what it has is just you know fiber optic prism so it just has a fiber optic prism that looks out the back side of the helmet and then that goes into a very narrow um part above your eye line so is that the what's called is that called the next view is that one i think that's called the next view review 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 yeah the review so oscar let me wear this helmet yeah the thing's amazing um and you legit don't need yeah so oh, wow yeah so that yes. entire panel on the back is the intake for the optics that are going into um and it's it's literally fiber optic and it just goes through the entire thing and it's it's basically right there where his fingers are is the screen huh what about at night at night do you get blinded by lights behind you no it, no. it does have so this helps it's sort of tinted so it's not like fully all light going into your eye socket i was so shocked it does help a lot no when problem. i wore that helmet i was absolutely convinced that that technology right there no batteries no electricity nothing 
that review helmet, amazing. Um, it's a little disorienting. It's just a little distracting because it is right across your eyebrows. Right. So when you look up at it, you're changing your focus. Like you're, uh, you're looking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It, 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 it takes time to get used to it, but it, it, it does work really well. Well, it probably right. becomes like a rear view mirror in a car. Pretty mm -hmm. much. You know, yeah. yeah. You don't look at it all the time, but when you do, it takes a second to kind of figure out what's going yeah, on. Yeah, just kind of look up yeah. and it's yeah. all there. Yep. If you hey, want hey, guys, to know that you're in bizarro oh, world. Go ahead, Nick. I just, I, I, this was off topic. I just want to make a correction. Rivian has delivered about 50 vehicles to employees. To employees what? only. Yeah, so that's how you can get around that NHTSA thing. Because those they, they are- They did announce that they fantastic. did pass NHTSA, but I couldn't find any actual- Right. The, uh, so the same thing's going on right now. If you'd like to buy a 2022 Toyota Tundra, they're only available to media personnel um, people that have big enough YouTube channels and stuff like that, but you can't actually buy one off the off Toyota. But back to Oscar's helmet. Um, when I first time I saw Oscar using that helmet, it's very strange because Oscar Oscar was riding a scooter from the fifties, but he was <laughs> wearing a helmet from the future. So it was the weirdest thing. It was like some alien had come down in the wrong century, and they just. They landed in the wrong century and used whatever they could find to get to the spot. Oscar jumped off that off his bike wearing that helmet. And I was like, this is the weirdest That's thing the in the world. His motor scooter has points <laughs> and like With all kinds of like fucking motor and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a washing machine engine and his motorcycle and he's got science on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was the the uh, the Scully, and I have one that was it came or they were advertising it while I was there in California, and, and I do remember a, a bunch of people from the scooter community over there. They're yeah. really into it, and they put some money in it. I I didn't. I was skeptical, and I wanted to see at least something come out, and I, apparently it never did. But it was a, again, it was a cool concept, but. The concept was great. Uh, they had managed to obtain $2.5 million from crowdfunding campaign. Uh, Marcus and Mitch Weller were caught doing such things as purchasing a Dodge Viper, a Lamborghini, um, over $2,000 a night spent at a strip club, wow. and, and, and several thousand dollars worth of paintings, etc. So anyway, $2.5 million on the concept of a heads-up display-based helmet. And if and, I remember uh, correctly, they tried a couple times to get more funding for the project because I think oh, yeah. something kind of dipped and they were like, we need more funding, guys, because we need to kind of like get more features and shit. And they'll look like, at it. It's yeah, a couple of prototypes. And it was yeah, like, mm, right. man. Gotta make it rain. Yeah, oh, yeah. and I think exactly. <laughs> so... I really think that things like that Damon motorcycle, which is in the press right now, because the Damon just launched a Street Fighter version of its non-existent motorcycle. So how the fuck do you launch a Street Fighter version of the motorcycle that doesn't exist? Um, we're used to motorcycle companies offering us a detuned or tuned for torque package with aggressive new graphics of a motorcycle that does exist. What a dick you are if you are order already trying to sell me a version of a motorcycle that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Fuck. 
So uh, again, I'm just going to sit back and worship the uh, cyber truck that's in the driveway for my $100 lottery ticket fantasy dream I paid for. It's just kind of surprising how, I, you know, I would have expected more of these to pan out. You know, the cyber truck or projects in general, just, you know, any, just in general, you know, all these electric vehicles that look awesome and pickup trucks, especially it's like, what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I mean, there is actually a success story. There is Okay. Hey, go ahead, Jen. Well, there is actually a success story on the whole down payment thing. And that's the Ford Bronco, not the Bronco sport. But the people like you could put, you could go online and you could put down a down payment. And those are the first people getting those Broncos at the retail price and everything. And you can turn around and sell it for almost twice what you paid for it. So mm -hmm. some of those people are winning. Yep. You guys well, I knew these things were going to fail. And the reason I knew they were going to fail is when I paid $36 for a dozen donuts. And that's the that's kind of like the model that they have. It's like they they don't they can't they don't anticipate the market. They get the money, but then they don't know how to to anticipate the market so that the company will fail. Like all these new these new donut companies are going out of business because they don't make a good donut and they uh, you know they're too expensive. I thought that was a reference to inflation and then it kind of went off the rails a little bit. I was like, wait a minute, you're just talking about fancy donuts. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not the uh, Chauncey the gardener and being there. So. <laughs> snoogles. Talk, talk, talk about the snoogles. All about snoogles. The, uh, so, but that's that, that's that deal right now. So if we wanted to every single week that we do this podcast, we could talk about a brand new electric motorcycle or scooter or whatever that's being announced somewhere in the world, because people know that it's very easy to get investment capital. If you announce that you're doing a electric motorcycle, Ducati recently announced that it was going to run the Moto E, an entire racing organization, entire race that exists and has existed and ducati said that they're going to run it it's theirs it's their baby they're going to be responsible for it from this point forward it's a ducati operation ducati does not have an electric motorcycle not even the suggestion of a electric motorcycle they don't have an electric motorcycle based fever dream nothing like they got zip and they've said that they're going to be hosting or sponsoring you know, they're going to be the source material behind an electric motorcycle race. Well, fuck, man. If just hanging a fucking shingle on your wall that says we do electric shit makes you relevant and gets your um, shareholders to be like, OK, that's good. You know, um, I feel a whole lot like this is somebody a long time ago going like, well, we got Intel inside. And that was enough. You know, sounds like greenwashing you were producing. If you had that, did you guys so, think of the Ducati? Did you see? Let me see if this will. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Like, you can try. Uh, oh, come on. Hold on. 
I have well, to. Well, well, did you do that? So, so Phil, don't you think that it would make sense for Honda to figure out a detuned version of the Mugen? I mean, yeah. the, those those are tricked out to the fucking gills just to finish fucking 37 miles. Yep. But we've seen them kick ass, and right. we know they're capable, but wouldn't it make sense for Honda to jump into the EV version of? I honestly think that somebody at Honda, because remember with Mugen, Mugen is this sort of like tuner house. It's this, it's this house of Honda that is allowed to do wacky shit, and they have the blessing to do wacky shit, but they keep the word Honda off of it, even though everybody in the world understands that Mugen and Honda are the same That's fucking thing. So it is this strange thing. I think that Honda's quietly sitting in the background going, okay, we're going to let everybody else expend some energy here and mm -hmm. make the idea of electric motorcycles or whatever more available. Does anybody remember when Honda had a hydrogen powered car? Clarity. Yeah, not that long ago. And the clarity was all about the idea of Honda going out and getting there first and saying, we have a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. And what happened, though, is it didn't really work out well for them. You can't just run down to your dealer and purchase a hydrogen fuel cell Honda, even though James May owns one, because they're not sustained. They're not. You can't just pull in and refill it very easily. So they leased. Weren't they leased? All good ideas usually are. So when it goes bad, they can take it from you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I thought I saw one not too long ago. And Amber couldn't understand why I was freaking out over this stupid Prius-looking thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a that's a Honda Clarity. I, I've never seen one of those before. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> and I think that with Honda, Honda says like, okay, in the car market, we wanted to show that we were there. We wanted to show that we were going to do hydrogen fuel cell. And I think when it comes to the motorcycle market, Honda's just sitting there going, okay, let's let everyone else spin their gears for a little while. Let's develop a battery system that is going to be completely interchangeable, completely hot swappable, completely obtainable at your local propane dealership. I mean, AK 7-Eleven. Um, and then we can just make a motorcycle that's going to kick everyone's dick in the day that we drop it. You know? Motor Honda already made an electric motorcycle. They made an electric motorcycle, not only that was electric, that would stand up and follow you around. Exactly. And you could, you could tell it to go outside and it would walk itself outside. <laughs> and, it, and it looked great and it was cool and it was a concept, but the world wasn't ready for it yet. So they're going to sit back and wait. And when they know they can sell a gajillion of whatever they're going to make, that's when they'll offer it. Right. I right. totally I agree. I forgot about that. They yeah, made a recumbent, totally too. Yeah. They made a, Honda made a recumbent electric motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Honda can, make, Honda can make anything. Anything. Fucking Honda. They got a goddamn robot named Osimo that'll fucking mow your lawn for you. I mean, the motherfucker can dance. I mean, legit, straight up Honda, if they want to do it, they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. They build airplanes because they just want to put their name on an airplane. <laughs> you know? They're like Elon Musk, but like dressed down. You know? Like, they're, they're low-key, straight up amazing, but if they said they wanted to own the motor electric motorcycle market, they would, except for the fact the electric motorcycle market right now is worth negative $7. So I don't think that it's not the great, it's not a great time to be sitting there being like, Oh fuck. Yeah, man. My dealership sells nothing but electric motorcycles. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to wear that fucking hat, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Not, not yet. Take it from an insider. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. So yeah. it's going to be a I great mean, party. I mean, California is the weather vane. Look at what's happening in California. You know why? Because that's where all the money is. Right. And if people who have money can't afford it or it doesn't make sense, that's where the eco, you know, eco-conscious people with lots of money. And if they're, if that state is not flooded with electrics, the rest of the 50, the rest of the 49 states are not going to be. Do you know who owns a Prius? Every goddamn buddy. Everybody owns a Prius. And the Prius has been around so long, Steve Hofford has six of them with historical plates in his driveway. <laughs> the Prius has been around for fucking ever. And it stands the test of time. People see it as being a reliable vehicle. The quality control is exemplary. And even people who don't give a squat about saving the environment understand that a Prius is a good idea. Or if you're an Uber way, driver, you know? By the way, uh, my daughter uh, totaled all my Priuses. <laughs> so well, she, you know, what? I'm not kidding. She's single-handedly. <laughs> How did she do that? Well, I'm ramming into things and letting people ram into her. Say that on there. <laughs> well, first of all, if your daughter lets people ram into her. It's like a motorcycle. It's, it's a oh, lifestyle. Peggy. Peggy says, blah, 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 blah. Motorcycle. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> how many, how many pre-I has your daughter been responsible for the death of, Steve? Well, the two good ones. And then Patrick <laughs> killed Patrick killed my two insights. Oh. So, well, Nick's got the parts from him, though. I gave Nick the battery and the controller from the the one insight, right? And then, uh, and then my my two Honda um, Civic hybrids. The one had a CVT, and that thing was a piece of shit, and it blew up, and it was a sealed unit, so yeah. you can't get it rebuilt. No user serviceable parts inside. Yeah. <clears throat> There's hey, a guy. Steve, hey Steve, I need. Hey Steve, I need an antenna for a 2005 Prius. So if you got a smashed one of those. I'll buy your antenna from you. Yeah, I got a coat hanger for you, Chris. We <laughs> <laughs> can talk to the mothership. The uh, <clears throat> there's a guy running around Lakewood with a Honda Insight, and it's on the side of it in giant vinyl letters. It says, "I used to be a Hummer." But here's the kooky part about that particular guy driving around Lakewood. He's an it, asshole. The car is only running on its gasoline engine. So the car is only running on its gas motor, which I think is about a five horsepower Briggs and Stratton, maybe a Tecumseh. <laughs> it's uh, a three cylinder. It's a three noise, cylinder. The noise it makes when he pulls away from a red light is the most pathetic sound ever. And it's the only thing in the world I've ever been behind that's slower than the Japanese shit that I routinely drive to work. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he still gets like that 45 guy, to 50 That guy owns the fucking Anytime Fitness. He's a fucking weird lawyer, dude. He owned 19 properties in Lakewood. They all went belly up, including the neighbor's house over here. And he used to park the one pickup truck that says, is your body as bad as mine? It was a rusted out fucking S10 that he parked right like with the bumper just on the sidewalk right in the front of my fucking house for six goddamn months. And my and I could have lived with it, but my wife flipped the fuck out every day. That fucking truck that she couldn't let it go. 
I was ready to firebomb that fucker so quick. Uh, <laughs> you know, the problem is with, with that beat up S10 sitting there, that S10 sitting there, nobody could see your fucking scout. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hey Brad, does it feel like being at work? <laughs> yes, it does. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside, fucking scouts money, man. I mean, people want to buy those. That's something that that young hipsters who want to go overlanding scout like an international scout is is weird in all the right ways if you want to make money like you just got to find the right young fellow with money i guess so, I so what's what's the update on the on the jeep that the uh, grumpy sewer got let me got. tell you about lady boy <laughs> as i'm <laughs> calling it lady boy can't get any salt on him Lady boy got driven from Phil's shop out to the plant and is tucked away in the VSB until spring has yeah. sprung. Yeah. Steve because is that, that Steve is currently picking out a set of white wall tires, which he will not scrub the blue off of when he puts them on the <laughs> smallest that he can find that will fit on those rims. Wow. <laughs> you don't want 36 inch Lady fucking mutters anymore. <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna be like those little, those little, little, you know, tiny, tiny twelve-inch wheels they put on cars with the airbags and stuff. Oh, yeah, the Daytons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they'll be like this wide and they'll be like all cupped in. White walls where the white walls running on the pavement. Yeah, I mean, couldn't couldn't you squeeze a lamb on it like like Phil did and then drive the thing or not? Well, I mean, Mister Contrarian, there. All he's he's so could. Contrary about everything, I just think that this is like one of the even most rare vehicles around in this country, at least. There's only one in this country. There's only one. No, there's one other one. I found one other one. There's only but fourteen. That rare then. One. What? I guess it's not that rare then. <laughs> they said that in Great Britain, there's only like twenty-one of those vehicles left in Great Britain. And they showed how they all died. And how do they all die? No, they just like they showed by registration. Yeah. They showed like the year, like from the year that like they came into the country and, yeah. and how many are still registered. Yeah. So it went from like, I don't know how many, like uh like five hundred or a thousand, it's down to twenty-one are still in existence. Yes, yeah, because in, the British the British have a thing called the MOT where they actually test your vehicles annually to make sure that they're not going to kill you. So um, what kills off a great number of British-owned vehicles is that every year, if that damn thing can't meet the MOT, which is incredibly expensive, you've got an otherwise, what in America would be a totally drivable car, is now going to the breaker's yard being cut apart because it can't pass MOT. And it just gets harder and harder to get a vehicle to pass MOT every year, you know? So That makes sense then. Yeah, but um, but when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, there's like not many of these vehicles left," and and I think Australia's got the biggest percentage of them, and then there's a smattering of them across like Ukraine and like Belar you know, Belarus, and like whatever. So, remind us. So, needless to say, Steve just put it away in his museum, and maybe we'll see it some other time. It's a Korean 
copy of an American Jeep. <laughs> you can drive it, man. You can drive it. <laughs> it's okay. Look, the only other guy in America that worships it and thinks it should be preserved is weirder than you. So <laughs> you're fine. If you guys run into each other ever, statistically impossible. If you did ever run into each other at the Kia Rocksta homecoming, there would be two people there. Yeah. And and you'd both be not driving your cars because they'd be at home and garages wrapped in plastic. So what good is that? It would be a garage queen, but I mean, it's not for me, really. It's for my, my wife likes Jeeps like that. So, I'm, you know, I just, whatever. So yeah, somebody, somebody at the shop, some customer offered us um, a 2004 Jeep uh, Rubicon, two wheel, two doors, right? So two doors, a Rubicon um, in trade for a zero FX electric motorcycle and uh, straight across. Now, when I looked at that situation, I went, well, this Jeep is, uh, it's still a uh, Chrysler product. It's still got a lot of Dodge DNA. And uh, Russell's shit underneath, too. <laughs> and it's a 2004, which means it's 16 or 17 years old at a minimum. And this zero is about 11 grand, you know, before the tax credit and everything else. It, it would hurt me spiritually to trade $11,000 for a 16-year-old Chrysler product. Uh, no matter what the Chrysler product is, I don't care if it has the word Rubicon on the hood. Uh, it still is that. And it, apparently it has less than 100,000 miles. The name Rube is right in well, the name. You'd be, so. <laughs> you'd be ripping him off if you took that deal. So apparently, John is right. Uh, it's a sore dick deal. You can't beat it. Apparently, those things are selling for around $14,000 right now, which is about $14,000 more than I thought it would be worth because I figured standard depreciation on a, you know, 16 or 17 year old Jeep would mean that there'd be a puddle of rust left in an ashtray and that would be the Jeep. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. But right now, the market's fucking crazy, man. The market's insane. So, like, the idea would be, yeah, I guess I should trade him that zero electric motorcycle for that Rubicon and then sell it immediately to somebody who is Camaro for Jeeps because right now, I guess, people are paying too much for shit. But then why, would, why, but why can't he just go sell it, get the money, and then come pay you cash for the motorcycle? Because people in America are lazier than fucking hell. Mm. And it is much, much easier to take something from them in a single move than to make them go out and exchange that something for actual currency and then trade that currency for my product. That's my take on Bitcoin and crypto as a, as a whole. It's very easy to purchase crypto. It is not very easy to turn the crypto that you've purchased into fungible food that you eat to not die. Uh, yeah. Or it costs you a lot of money to get from crypto that you bought very easily to food you can actually consume. But I think that's the same way with people right now in vehicles that somebody will trade that Jeep at a loss, essentially, for the motorcycle. I, I, I don't get they it. Don't, they don't see it as a loss because they paid it off a long time ago, probably. He doesn't. Or last week. Yeah, well, whatever. 
Yeah. But he's just like, well, I want to trade it in on something more fun. Right. That's exactly it. So, and it comes with three sets of tires and two sets of rims and like the hard top and the soft top and the bimini top and whatever. So it comes with all that stuff and it's rhino linered on the inside where the people are, which means that, you know, it's essentially submersible. So, yeah. The Rubicons have locking diffs. Now you know what's holding it together. Yeah, I figure the Rhino liners hold hold her together for sure. I figured that probably after five or six years, the corrosion set in real good. And that's when he Rhino linered the piss out of it. You know, put a couple of license plates here and there and then dump the Rhino liner on it to hide that. I know you have a little bit of a disgust for the Chrysler vehicles, but the Jeeps have never had a problem with their engines, transmissions, or drive lines. You hit the nail on the head. (laughs) It's it is the rust. I mean, like Jeep engines go forever. Yeah, you find the shitbox little four cylinders with two hundred and fifty thousand miles on them. That you yeah. know, but they well, rust I, out. The goes. Their old straight six was probably the best engine they made. That was yeah. an AMC engine. A derivation of it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the you know what you got there, Steve. Boy. Okay, I see a guy in a Grom. Oh, and <laughs> does he doing a smoky? I think he's doing a smoky burnout. I think he's trying to do a smoky burnout. And then his buddy. <laughs> What's so funny? That's pretty good. That's there with Nick and I doing the tug of war. The tug of war. <laughs> so I don't know if I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but we had a guy come into the shop. You guys know that we're selling a, a ZX14R. It's a mm-hmm. it's a straight up legit 186 uh, mile per hour, 208 horsepower motorcycle that I really shouldn't <coughs> own. Okay, and because of that, my new highest speed obtained on a motorcycle has gone up. So I'm now at 181 miles per hour. Uh, the fastest I have gone on a motorcycle in my life is 181 miles per hour. That's where I am right now as a result of this motorcycle coming through the shop. (laughs) So you may remember a few weeks ago when somebody and his son came into my shop to ask questions about the ZX-14R with no appointment, and we were nice enough to let him in. And I showed him the bike that we have advertised at $10,000, actually $99.99. And I showed him the bike, and he got like... He's like, ah, you know, and he wanted to basically, he wanted to show his son that he had read a book on negotiating. Uh, (laughs) And the book apparently was very old and didn't take the current market into consideration. And uh, he he offered me a price of $7,200 on my $99.99 motorcycle. Um, So he did get the next step in the negotiation process. He did move on to phase two. Uh, when I told him that that offer was way too low, like $2,700 under my price, which was fair, when his offer was $2,700 under that, that he was going to have to do better. It turns out he didn't make it to the third step of the negotiation process. He instead decided to melt down. Um, <laughs> he didn't have the willpower. He didn't have the training. He didn't have the reserve of spirit i like to say he instead got angry took his mask off and he threw it at the ground um he didn't have a mask i gave him one that was my mask that i gave him he threw it at the ground and he said this is all bullshit fuck you you're an asshole um i don't i wouldn't buy anything from you anyway piece of shit whatever fuck you and this mask thing's all garbage 
And he, I said, well, you're going to have to leave my store now. You have to, you have to go away because I have a rule and you broke my rule. And honestly, you're not qualified to be my customer anymore. So you have to leave. And so he called me a lot of names as he was leaving, but he left in a rather uneventful fashion. But I was really looking forward to the reviews on all the things, you know, the Google or the YouTube or the Yelp or the whatever. I was really expecting him to kind of have at it, so to speak, to really let the world know how wrong I was about masking and motorcycles in general. And it turns out that I don't have to worry about that because not less than 14 days after he did that, crumpling of the mask, being a great example for his son about how to do business and things like that, um, helping the future of America. I have a buyer for the ZX1400 that's already paid for it, is showing up tomorrow to pick the bike up and take it back to St. Louis for the price I was asking. Yeah. So, who does that, think... Go ahead, Steve. Who, who do that? And you don't go into a car dealership and just start screaming at somebody because the car's marked at a certain price. You know, you might ask for a better price. If you don't get it, you're like, oh, well, I guess we're not going to come to a deal. Have you, not, have you not seen John walk in and ask about the Broncos? And he's like, it's listed at 50000 You're selling it for eighty six, And he starts throwing cars everywhere and yelling at people. He's when Oscar and I showed up at the wedding cake place and uh, we were looking at wedding cakes, and the guy, the wedding cake, the price of the wedding cake was obviously highway robbery. But Oscar was very, he's a gentleman. He didn't say anything. But I took a big shit on the guy's floor and we left. <laughs> and then Oscar called him the next day and said, why didn't you call me back? That's bad customer service. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So if you think you're that guy and if you think you're going to show me by crumpling up your mask and throwing it on the ground and calling me an asshole and telling me I'm an arrogant piece of shit who doesn't know anything about motorcycles you're and, off and leave, Sick. I'm going to tell you, I hope that you watch the podcast. I hope that you listen because a guy who's coming tomorrow, who's already paid for the bike, by the way, and is driving from St. Louis to pick it up, couldn't be happier. Yeah. That's a clean and bike, man. Super clean bike. Yeah. And again, how good is it? I don't know. I've only had it up to 181 miles an hour. It might really go to shit at 185, but I don't know because I've never gone that fast. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that it's a pretty good bike. Yeah. Hold so, on. So I got it. This is messing with me and I want to mess everybody else's head up. So Phil, your yeah. your collection of shit up there on your their, your shelf. My tiki mugs? Yeah, and that particular thing, it looks like a transformer face. Like there's two eyes, a mouth, teeth, fucking horns on sticking the, up. On the top? Yeah, yeah, look, the whole thing, man. It I looks have like, no idea what you're talking about. It does. On the top shelf, the white one, right? No, the whole thing, the whole shelf. Look at the entire thing as a whole. There's like two eyes. That iPods. entire shelf right there? Yeah, yeah that like whole the tall thing. one in the middle is a nose. Yeah, the tall one in the middle is a nose. There's like a mouth down here and teeth. Holy crap, you smoking the <laughs> Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> in the couch. It's it's, it's, okay, it's gnarly looking. You know, I think Chris Smith is right. I think Chris Smith is right. You may have self-medicated. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be blunt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy. Look at you guys can see it. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> so you're saying that 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 over there? No, no, no. over there. The other one. Yeah. So over there. 
Yeah. So over there is a transformer. I see it, but it's a stretch. (laughs) You guys all fail, man. All fail. No creativity. No creativity. I think it looks more like a tree beard kind of thing. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying about the thing, but I see more of like a a tree face. Okay. That is that's harsh. Oh, no. What does that look like? Yeah. Is that a, what kind of cat is that, or what is that? It's a saber-toothed tiger skull. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's a tiki mug though. Like, like four people can get fucking shit-faced out of their gourd out of this thing. Nice. But, yeah. But that's something. That's something that I could understand if you looked into that and you saw something strange coming at you. That I would kind of understand that. But it looks like the uh, Metallica. Can you find that? Thing- can you find that on wickeduncle.com? No, you can't. <laughs> That's from a place called The Undertow in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. That's one of the best tiki bars I've ever been to in my life outside of Porco. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's legit. Uh, do we have a joke? Yeah, Smith, you got one queued up or what? Well, it's it's weak, but I'll we'll <laughs> see what you guys think here. Let me find it here. It's on my phone. It's take me a while. Before you start, since I was back among the living, I got the last photo stories up. We shot the illustrious Mr. Smith. And three people were like, I thought he was like a short dude. Right. <laughs> Nobody has any idea how big Chris Smith is. No. Like, and I, I answered the one guy. I'm like, he's one bad haircut away from being Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had those bad haircuts before. <laughs> Although so, it is funny to watch the, the formerly corporate Chris Smith when he was like, you know, when he ran all his own enterprises and stuff. And so he's clean shaven all the time to see him now with the the legit straight up urban prospector beard going on. <laughs> Sad state of affairs. <laughs> so a couple went holiday shopping and the mall was packed. While walking through one of the stores, the wife looked around and didn't see her husband. Knowing they had a lot to do, she called his phone to ask him where he was. In a quiet voice, he says, do you remember the jewelry store we went into a couple years ago? You fell in love with that diamond necklace we couldn't afford? And I told you one day I'd get it for you? Touched the wife, smiled and said, yes, I do. Says, yeah, well, I'm in the bar next door. (laughs) 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 Did you guys hear about the big scam that's going around right now where you buy your wife really expensive Christmas presents, but instead high-priced motorcycle parts show up instead? It's just crazy. You got to watch out for it. (laughs) Hello, Amy. (laughs) <laughs> if you my wife just got a pair of duck feet, duck feet boots from switzerland they were three hundred dollars happy birthday ducks what do they do what do they do for three hundred dollars they let you see in the dark <laughs> <laughs> all so right wait. bringing it around your wife bought you a pair of boots from Switzerland. No, no, I bought her. You bought her, her boots. a pair of boots from yeah. Switzerland. 
Yeah. They're called duck feet boots. There's, yeah. They're called duck feet. You can look them up. I, I will. Yeah. Yeah. So, they are so leather. It's the new, with the like new version of the Uggs? Or they're nice. Hey, John, how long did it take you to, how long did it take you to kill the moss that came out of your wallet? Well, I used her card. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's the a, Amazon card. All right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a boot. Wow. That's a hell of a that's a hell of an interesting welt on the sole there. Yeah. Man. The, uh, are they made out of actual Swedes or something? Or what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a nice quality leather, and yeah. uh, you know, look nice. Like lamb's shearing. Nice winter boot. Yeah, I, I get that. have them for twenty years. Right, and my wife's the same way. She's got a couple of pair of those uh, bear trap boots and stuff, like good quality winter footwear. Because there's nothing in the world worse than when your spouse has cold feet about anything. Like, if your wife has cold hands or cold feet, yeah. you can forget whatever else you were planning on doing. That's it. You know, it's it, game over. So until you get those those appendages up to operating temperature, your life is basically misery. Um, if you like athletic winter events like snowboarding or skiing, uh, if your wife has cold appendages, you're fucked. Like, there's just there's no getting over that shit. Uh, here at the house. Mm -hmm. My wife has had like various different ski boots and stuff, di different pieces of equipment to keep her, her, her appendages up to right temperature. Because in the summertime, she can actually create ice on the palm of her hand just by existing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If my wife ever comes up and puts her hand on the back of your neck, you're, you're going to die instantly. It's just it. Just like and that. Disney made that whole movie. About I told it. her that that's the first thing that men look at is a women's shoes. When they look at them. <laughs> yeah. It's the first thing you look at. No, it's the first thing you look at when you get caught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah look at that. Hello, Mr. Squirrel. John, <laughs> <laughs> how to make a decision between those boots and the suicide pod. The suicide pod. <laughs> ask, ask him about that thing. <laughs> well, there was recently in Switzerland... Yeah, everything happens in, or maybe Sweden. I don't know. I just consider them both the same. <laughs> they came out with this uh, suicide pod, where apparently it's all automated. So they'll just be there somewhere at the suicide center, or wherever you think you want to might can, or you can have it delivered to a place where you'd like to commit suicide. And so you jump in the pod. Suppose you put your quarter in. <laughs> and then you have to answer a series of questions, make your, sure you're of sound mind and, and everything, and make sure you really want to kill yourself. And then you hit yes, and then it floods the chamber with nitrogen, and oh, well, there you go. They have these in Futurama. I mean, like, everywhere you yeah. go in Futurama, there are, you know, suicide pods that you can yeah. put your money into, and various different sharp-edged weapons will come out inside the pod <laughs> and eviscerate you. Yeah. I don't know what happens with the remains. Like, do they just have a thing, and it chops you up and flushes you down the drain, and it's ready for the next go-around? Like I one of those know. public toilets in Pittsburgh, where you you know, you know pay, <laughs> you pay 50 cents or a buck or whatever it is, quarter, and you've got your own hotel room for like 22 minutes? 
but then after 22 yeah. minutes, the entire inside it's of it gets sterilized. What if you're not a macerator pod? What if you're like still punching a nug out and you need an extra few? Is there like a reel <laughs> that you could like? Because that would suck if you have to jump out half nug, you know, like just trying to. Yeah, I think that I've I've never spent more than the the requisite twenty minutes in the one in Pittsburgh. I've never decided to go for the full pull. Uh, I've I've always just kind of gone into it with a group of my friends and always been like, well, look, we just rented this place for twenty some odd minutes, <laughs> and then eventually noises happen. It's threatening Here I, to pull you up. Twenty two minutes. Here I like, sit all broken hearted, paid a quarter, and only farted. Yeah. Well, for 22 minutes, about 80, you could have had sex, too. So, <laughs> I'm not going to confirm or deny that statement. But the point is, we know that there's a limit to the amount of time that you can be in that device. Gotcha. So, like, it's not just the world's cheapest hostel. Yeah. <laughs> it exists and it's real. So... I've been in them in Europe and they're very, you know, really cool. They're really nice. But the one in Pittsburgh, like I was shocked at how much time it gives you for the amount of money. Like in Europe, they're not messing around. You know that you're there for one reason and one reason only. And when it goes into the cleansing cycle, you don't want to be there. So, <laughs> but the, the Europe, the Pittsburgh one gave you way too long. So. Although if you were a homeless dude, you could take a poop and get a shower. Like it'd be perfect. Like you'd come out of it all clean and sanitized. You look like a Smurf. <laughs> you have all that blue dye. On you. Yeah. I'm all for that. I always, I always felt that I need really good down, you know, public toilets downtown. Like I don't care. Put some washing machines in there. Like go in there, spend as much time as you want. Like clean up. I mean, come on. How much does that cost to have like hot water and a drain? Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's been in, to the facilities here at our house, but a heated toilet seat in a bidet with hot water is the minimum standard now for my life. I have trained <laughs> my system to only shit at home because everything else is uncivilized. There's just nowhere else in America that I want to shit right now. Uh, that's it. I'll hold it until I get home. I don't care how many weeks we're on vacation. That's you it. take a shit with your pinky up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I heard if you get if you get those uh, the hand grips that John likes, but you don't put them together and you kind of put them <laughs> on the bottom of the toilet seat, you can have a nice little uh, Olympia, you know, heated shitter. <laughs> put them on the top. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Mine is just perfect the way it is. I'm telling you what the Japanese have forgotten about toilet technology. We need to learn. Uh, we, Toto makes the best place to shit ever. Like, I don't care where you're from. The fact is it's all fingertip control. Everything's cleaner than it ever was before. And it's warm. Yeah. I've got the old armrest for grandma. It's nice. I can kind of sit there. The armrests are nice. <laughs> <laughs> the elevated seat, the elevated seat. And before my mom passed and we had her all set up, like having hand, like having armrests to launch <laughs> off of and having that nice. You got really grab hold and fucking, okay, here it comes. <laughs> it's comforting. It is comforting. <laughs> if only there was a way that when you sat down on that, they just draped a heated blanket over you. <laughs> You'd be like, that's, I'm for when you, that, no, that's what happens when you got to jump out of the shower. 
right. take a shit as you're in the shower. <laughs> now you got a shit, but you do want your butthole clean. You get a towel and you wipe off, but when you sit on the toilet, you throw it over you so you're still you're still toasty warm. Oh. <laughs> you come back in the shower. That's perfect. Does anybody make a heated motorcycle seat? Yeah, yeah. plenty of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had one on my Moto Guzzi. I, I had a heated seat on the Moto Guzzi California. Um, yeah, there's a couple of different ones that do it. So, you know, heated grips are obvious. Uh, heated seats are certain motorcycles do have them. And again, it's not an expensive thing to buy. You can buy that heated panel that plugs into an SAE connector and then just, you know, remove the staples from your seat and then put that heated panel um, on there. It, Nick will tell you, you can buy a self-adhesive block heater or oil pan heater for cheap, for next to nothing. And they run it, you know, you know, a couple of couple of watts, you know. Typically what they are is like a flexible circuit board that just has a bunch of traces going back and forth. Uh, so as you pass a current through, the entire thing sort of heats up. You can stick it to anything you want. Uh, yeah. So... In the army, we had a lot of targets that were heated targets. So we, we would go out and we had these things that ran on a battery and they were adhesive and you just stick it to the target. So then using night vision, using thermal, um, it would show up the same way a tank or a Jeep or a human would at 1500 meters. So it had a heat signature. And we found real quick that if you were in you know, that part of the world, it gets pretty fucking cold. So we would take those things and just put them on us. <laughs> so the boy does fly it out and comes back. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, why am I wasting technology making this target hot just so they can shoot the shit out of it? Right. I'm going to take seven or eight of these for myself and, and use them later. They're going to be great. Yeah. Just take a good piss on the target, then run back up. Run away. <laughs> That's it. It's fine. Good. <laughs> you come so, back. You're like you know. You're doing patrols or whatever in winter. Yeah. You come back. You're suntanned, like yeah. from all the. <laughs> like what happened, Phil? <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea what happened. I don't know where all those heating elements went. I have no <laughs> idea. You're the only guy that doesn't have fucking frostbite in the entire platoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like at the fan, like well, <laughs> how you guys do it? <laughs> Something out. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. It seems toasty. Yeah. So that's that's fun. The uh, I have no idea where we're going next year. I have absolutely no prognostication whatsoever, other than I can tell you that the the stimulus spending or the increased people that were spending money on frivolous items. Uh, I'm going to judge our nation's economy based on the number of SSR uh, one ten motorcycles I sell. And we haven't sold one in a while. Oh, yeah. So there was a time in America where we were selling those things every day. SSR, dirt bikes, pit bikes were selling every day. People were coming in just like, set my whole posse up. I want to put seven on the back of my Dodge and drive it back to Kansas. Like, we know. People were nuts for those things. But what I can tell you is it's getting pretty bad when uh, we're putting up the Christmas ads and all that stuff about like, you know, keep your children, you know, off of the internet this winter and give them something good to do. And maybe if you're lucky, they'll end up in a leg cast and they'll be easier to keep track of. Um, put them on a little mini bike, put them on a dirt bike. And you know what? It, it's not happening. Like last year we couldn't get enough of these fucking things. And this year it's like, man, I'm having to lean heavy into the advertising to try and get these things to leave my shop. Hmm. 
So yeah, that's a weird thing. So I thought with Christmas on the SSR. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I thought with Christmas coming up they'd be popping, but wow, that's weird. Not so much. Yeah, I was uh, when I was out at Steve's house, I did check out the pond, Ah, and it's actually already frozen over. Yeah, Yeah. things are starting to look good. Yeah, it's frozen over already. It was twenty-one degrees for four days, dude. Looks like it's gonna be nice. It's kind of got there's trees and stuff, and I think it's gonna get some good shade. Nice. So it's it's about just right. I I know there's lots of ponds that have ice on them. Yeah, but that one's actually fully frozen over. There's no there was no water open water. I love the sound of that. Yeah, so I think in a That's little fantastic. while we should have some fun. It'll be good. Yeah. And so then, now the uh, my, is, do uh, we this, put screws in our tires or just run with it? I'd hmm. say start with just you know you got to see how it goes and then go from there. <laughs> but um I, I got to meet my neighbor who his last name is guy so he's a guy he's my guy neighbor but um so I, you know i and, and he's like the kid he's not the dad i met the dad before but he's the kid and so he's like oh what are you into well but i was like yeah motorcycles whatever and i'm like me and my buddies want to come and do some skeet shooting and all of a sudden his face kind of got crazy and i was like oh and he's like i'm like i go what's up he goes if you guys fucking do it you better call me I'll bring a fucking, I got a couple of launchers and he's into it. So it's like, it's, we're good, man. Yeah, so next door neighbors are big guy and little guy. Well, it's the dad that looks like an older version of me. And then two sons, one's 44 and one's 39. Oh, and so they all they live there. there. Yeah. Cause they all, they travel. A lot of them travel in RVs. So they kind of like rotate the house between the family and stuff. But they so also have a shop with a lift. And he was like, yeah, you want to work on your car? Bring it over. You got the lift, whatever you want. Like, it's pretty sweet. They're in their 30s and in their 40s, and they travel a lot in RVs. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the, the dude, the guy that's cool that you guys will probably meet, he kind of does what John did through his other job, but for buses. So he works for the city, and he wires all the buses. So that's his. I thing. thought they were fucking carnies, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... But yeah, I was telling him about John and how John used to wear the shit. And he goes, oh, he knows what kind of bullshit you have to put up with. And I was like, oh, yeah, he told us stories, man. All right. I thought if they lived in RVs all year and they traveled around a lot, I thought they probably ran the (laughs) Tilt-A-Whirl. I I, I thought it was a Breaking Bad scenario. I thought it was even worse than Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sweet. I'll trade him. I'll get all my meth from them and it'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's super exciting. Should be fun. We're going to the U.S. Virgin Islands, and the place that I rented a motorcycle from uh, was extremely cautious about renting us a motorcycle. <laughs> uh, they they stressed to me in no uncertain terms that it was incredibly dangerous to rent a motorcycle on St. Thomas or St. John's. Um, there are not a lot of motorcycle rental places that you can find. There's only a, one or two. And one place has nothing but disposable Chinese scooters. We weren't going there. So <laughs> I've rented a, uh, I've rented a uh, Honda CRF 250 dirt bike. Oh, cool. So they've got like uh, CRF 250 dirt bikes, and then they've got things that are the scooter family. And the guy was like, well, you know, I'm not sure, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to be a jerk, uh, but you really got to really have your stuff together. It's, it's pretty dangerous here. It's tough to ride. We drive on the wrong side of the road and most of the roads aren't wide enough for one vehicle, let alone two. And so I just 
I just gave him a link to my website and our YouTube channel. And I was like, you can pass judgment on me and tell me if you think I'm skilled enough to operate your <laughs> rental vehicle. But um, Okay. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. <laughs> this is it. Um, I mean, I might not be mid-Ohio drunk when I'm operating. I might have to stop and have a few, but there's like... I've seen some video. I've watched some video. There's some parts of the island that are pretty fucking steep, you know, like steep both ways. And uh, it does look like it's going to be fun. But uh, the practicality, this is going to be an interesting test of the practicality of a dirt bike versus a fucking scooter. So you think about that. Uh, you give your choice between uh, an SH-150 Honda scooter or a 250cc Honda dirt bike. Uh, well, you're already going to need a good backpack. Yep. Yeah. So right off the bat, whatever, you know, with the dirt bike, you know that you're automatically, both people are going to have to be wearing backpacks. You know, you're going to have to have somewhere to stow your gear and shit like that. So I'm going to give it a, we'll give it some firsthand uh, test. We'll, we'll find it. We'll find out exactly what's the best thing to do when you're on vacation in the u.s virgin islands for you know a couple weeks so did you get one bike for the two of you or you each got bikes we've i've i've set it up so it's open so right now we're kind of like we're we're in there we are identified as being having two vehicles available for us so uh when we get in there the guy's going to be a mention he's going to let us try uh he says that nobody who ever says they're going to rent them for the full you know like 10 days or 12 days or 14 days because people usually do it for a day or two and they bring them back and then they go rent a jeep so uh that's interesting so that sounds he, like a challenge that sounds like okay dude <laughs> i'm hey gonna man. ride it i'm gonna ride it to the airport on the last day you pick it up from there <laughs> exactly the coat when we were in costa rica the place was like okay to go on these roads you need a four-wheel drive only and there's big signs that say four-wheel drive only and then we now have changed all those signs they say four-wheel drive only or chinese rental car because <laughs> again there are places in the world a Jeep can't go. And for that, you need a rental car. And the uh, we had a rental car in Costa Rica that was from a company called BYD. And BYD stands for Build Your Dreams. Look it up. It's mm. not fake. It's real. That's an actual automotive car company called BYD. And in Costa Rica, Terrafon cars is astronomically expensive. So you have to start with a $3,000 car that ultimately ends up being a $6,000 car. Wow. The, the scale goes up. So when you rent a car in Costa Rica, it says you're, you're renting a Toyota Yaris or similar. <laughs> and it turns out a BYD is very similar to a Toyota Yaris. So a Toyota Yaris is the best thing you could hope for. <laughs> I don't think that you can buy one on a working man, working man's budget in Costa Rica. Uh, you know, the stuff that we saw in Costa Rica, it, it was pretty, Fierce. I mean, like you could tell buying a car in Costa Rica is a hell of a lot more expensive than buying a house in Costa Rica. <laughs> so uh, renting the BYD in Costa Rica was fun because I had never driven a Chinese made car before. And two, I had also never built a car that was so likely to fall apart on a mountain road with monkey fist gravel or baby head gravel. And like that car holy shit for the you know you rent a car with the understanding that you're going to purchase a, per, a portion of that car's life 
I have never rented a car and purchased more life than a car had to give. <laughs> so <laughs> when we returned it, its lifeometer was empty. <laughs> so there was no like Costa Rica seems pretty cool. There was a dude from Adventure Rider that like he used to have a pizza shop or something here. He sold it and went to Costa Rica and bought like an old like an inn that was like dilapidated or something and yeah. fixed it up. And then um he was a mechanic as well, a motorcycle mechanic. So he put a couple of lifts in and he stocks parts and all the BMW assholes that are going down riding through the world and they break. Wow. They yeah. can go and fix their bikes, and he has oh, parts cool. and stuff. But he charts, so he's able to make enough money just doing that. That he lives in Costa Rica, this beautiful fucking place. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely yeah. loved it there. It's become people have a people have found it, so now it's expensive. So like, you got to go to Guatemala. You got to go to places like Nicaragua. Um, you know, anywhere you find shell casings on the ground, probably <laughs> the best place to be. So if you see shell casings. <laughs> Still shell casings there, probably getting a lot for your entertainment dollar. Uh, yeah, we're going to the U.S. Virgin Islands because with COVID, it's basically shut down the cruise industry. And those islands like St. Thomas and St. John's, those are all about cruise ships. And if you take away the cruise ships, uh, the islands become more enjoyable. So yeah. that's what we're counting on. So. Did you ever hear that Bill Burr thing where he's going to solve the world population by blowing up cruise ships when he's president? And then he says, everything sinks. There's no evidence. And he's like, the best part is, is that I'll have a place that's going to replace the ship so nobody knows it's gone. And the yeah. workers building that ship are like, someday we'll save up enough to take a cruise. <laughs> the cycle continues. <laughs> the cycle continues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to go to the home of the actual painkiller where the painkiller was invented. Yeah. So that's a pretty big deal for me. So, yeah. So we'll be doing that. Uh, I'll be drinking all your souvenirs. <laughs> no chance I'll be bringing home any of that shit. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting thing because we're going to start obviously, you know, into the U.S. Virgin Islands and then going across to the British Virgin Islands, which means there's uh, COVID things and passport things that have to happen, even though you can see them from each other. Hmm. So, I mean, a talented swimmer could take care of it on their own. Uh, I'm not a talented swimmer. I'm going to have to rent a boat. So the, uh, so we'll do that. But yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. So oh, yeah. that sounds we'll awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's that kind of a place. So that's a good Christmas for us. And then we'll see what happens when we get back. But mm -hmm. yeah. So anybody else going somewhere fun for Christmas? I'll be going back to oh, Cleveland Heights and here about nine thousand times over the next uh, <laughs> couple of weeks. But yeah, besides that, no. The week after Christmas, we're going to go down to Columbus for a, a, a night, and we're going to go to the Outer World exhibit. It's supposed to be really cool. It's kind of like we go into a room, and it's like a light show, or it's all mirrored, and it's just like you know, it's an immersive experience, but unlike the Van Gogh, which people are saying is a ripoff, this is supposed to be super cool. So. Yeah, I heard the Van Gogh. They said that it's just four video walls. They were like, if it was like a thing that you watched before you went into an actual exhibit, you'd be like, oh, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But paying six bucks, bucks ticket, they sold seven million yeah. tickets. Yeah, and, and and they said there's nowhere to sit, there's nowhere to do anything. He's like, you can awkwardly fit, sit in the middle of the floor, or there's one or two benches that people just wait for each other to leave from and stuff. Like, it's very underwhelming from what most people are saying. Yeah, I, I I did go to it uh, with Sarah in, in Milwaukee, and and the whole setup is just a loop on seeing like the the 
pictures of or the, the the paintings, not the real ones, but the, the paintings, and then then some text on them while you go in line to get to that room that has the floor and the four walls, four walls uh, projected. But yeah, it's 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 cool. Is it worth that money? No. Yeah, you know the um, Cleveland Museum of Art has real Van Goghs, and it's free. It's free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Cleveland Museum of Art is hard to beat. This is some of what like the rooms that Outer Worlds look like. Oh wow. Huh. Yeah. Psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just the one room. I mean, it would have been cool if they had multiples with different stuff being yeah. projected, but it's just a, mm -hmm. just, just walking through. To me, it sounds like you got to pump yourself full of mushrooms and hit these places or something. Does, like does Toledo <laughs> still have the uh, black white mini golf, the indoor one? Oh, oh that, that sounds cool. No, no, yeah, Merritt Merit bought it. actually did all the artwork <laughs> in that place. <laughs> Nice. Merritt yeah. bought it. They packaged it now, Dad. <laughs> she just bought it. <laughs> it's combo snow golf. <laughs> hey, Chris, is your family? Are you guys going anywhere for Christmas? No, we are not. No, nope, we're, we're, oh, we're hanging cool. in town. That's cool, yes. John. That's yes, per cool. usual. Does that look like a vagina with teeth? Yeah, it, it does. does. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be obvious, but... We all thought the same thing. <laughs> so I got my invitation from uh, the fine folks at House of the Mouse for... I don't know if you guys... Oh, can see that. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so uh, this is... Uh, you guys talk about your immersive experiences. This is the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, it is a two-night adventure at Walt Disney World Resort. And uh, yeah, you get to go on what is essentially all the money that Disney has to throw at Star Wars. And it's a simulated Star Cruiser. And that you go on and you can choose to have jobs and do things and have, you know, missions to participate in, whether you want to be part of the rebellion or a a fucking bootlicker of the empire or whatever it is you want to do while you're there. Um, but here's something about this. This is two nights, by the way, two whole nights. They have two types of rooms. There's a normal room. And mind you, this all takes place on a Corellian star cruiser. So everything that you see around you will all be what you'd expect to see if you were in a empire ship right? Mm. Um, in an actual galactic star cruiser. And what they're promising, uh, the rooms are and everything, everything about this is going to be completely immersive into the world of, uh, you know, a George Lucas fever dream. So is it going to be like, does the whole thing kind of have like a wiggle to it or something? I don't like know. I have mm. no idea. Or if they're going to somehow simulate that, but the meals are all meant to be like space, you know, type exotic meals. And sounds like that's going to be like a, a $40 ticket, probably. <laughs> well, oh, no. no, it's a north of 40. A little I think. more than 40. Okay. <clears throat> Two nights, three meals per day. Occupancy, occupancy per room. So per room, you can put two adults and two spawn. Okay. So, you know, the room is set up with a, a big bed and then two little bunk beds, like a little bunk bed unit in the wall. Looks very much like a, a spaceship inside, like a crew quarters. So you could probably take Oscar and Nick with you. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you do the, the four pack, right? So you do the four pack. 
but so here's the trick. They break it down. You can't go any less than two nights. And you pretty much have to go with somebody else because the rooms are all set up for, at minimum, double occupancy, right? So there are no single beds. There's little kids' beds. So, but if two people, if you and the person you love decided you wanted to go and enjoy this experience, anyone like to guess what it would cost per night? Mind you, there's two nights and there's two of you. So per night, what do we think it's going to cost to experience the best that the mouse and George Lucas can put together? Twelve fifty per night. Yeah, per night. Twenty twenty six hundred a night. I'll go with two thousand per night. So Sleepy's on the money. Oh really? So Sleepy's absolutely on the money. So if you and your loved one want to go and experience this, it's going to cost you. A minimum of $4,880. Per night? For the no, weekend. For the whole thing. For the, for the two days? For two days. So two nights in a hotel with tax and uh, recreation fees that are charged by you in the state of Florida for having fun. It's going to be just a hair over $5,000. That's crazy, is, man. Is there, um, is there financing available? There are. In fact... Let's break it down to... It breaks it down a month for the next five years. Exactly. When you go to the website to book your room and cancel it or to uh, set up, it says specifically, would you like to pay it all now? Or would you like to sign up for the Disney credit card? In which case it's a revolving credit card that gives you the ability to pay it off at $350 a month or $500 a month. Um, Yeah. So that's the high price of entertainment. Right you know now. what's going to suck is when it doesn't yeah. work and not enough people do it, they're going to turn it into a timeshare. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a timeshare. <laughs> Come share. on down yeah. and sit for the, no yeah. fees. <laughs> and we'll give you a free toaster. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. You come George and watch Lucas the signed toaster. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a cool idea, though. I, I really yeah. like the idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, I mean, it's a very interesting thing. I mean, look, I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. I was kind of into the whole idea. Uh, it's, it's really, really, it's a cool idea, but I do not have that kind of scratch. I just can't do it. Uh, there's just no way for 5,000 so, bucks. You better be able to have sex with a robot. I'm just saying. Well, and again, I was, I was, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Dr. Waters and I were looking at this and kind of checking it out and seeing like, you know, what's your real experience going to be? You know, you go on a cruise, you go on an expensive weekend or something like that. We've never done a cruise. We don't know what that's like. But I was like, you know, for that kind of money, I'm expecting if I have two kids, I don't want to be in the same fucking room with them, (laughs) you know, because that's your price for just the two adults. You add the spawn costs you more. Right. So if we're going to do this, I want to fuck on a battle cruiser. There's no way that, I mean, there's got to be a place I can dispatch my children to, to make them disappear. There's got to be like an Ewok 
Oh, you'll be, you'll, be dis- be like- <laughs> you'll be dispatching your children already. Right? <laughs> no, we have to be. We have to be like. We have to be like. Okay, well, uh, guess what? At, at two thirty-six p.m., the the spaceship lands in Endor, and all the children will be offloaded. <laughs> go play with the fucking. Go play with the one of those little the Wookies. Fucking Ewoks, man. Ewoks, yeah. Fucking Ewoks. And like, so there'd better be the whole idea is that for that kind of coin, I need to be separated from children for like two days. Yeah. Like, I need to be able to straight up dick punch a stormtrooper. <laughs> I need carte blanche for five grand for two days for me and my wife. I need to straight up give a wedgie to Darth Vader. And like, listen, and you got to be able to find out how, how stormtroopers poop. Because well, like, what happens there? Do they have to take everything off? I don't understand why there just can't be an entire room where you just get to skull fuck Jar Jar Binks for hours <laughs> just to just get it out of your system. And so the next time you have to watch one of those fucking horrible films, you can be like, you know what? Better than you'd think. Yeah. It's a, oh, so, yeah. It's, so it's pretty much, so one night. It's two so nights. You do get so two, two full nights. nights. Okay, two full nights in six two meals. Nights. What's that? With, with so two six people. meals. Right, for two people. So, right. so. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you break it down, divide five grand into two nights and six meals, I guess it can work. People. Yeah. What, right the, around 2,600 bucks a night. Per hour. Right. How much is that per hour? It's going to make it worse. <laughs> uh, you have to, you have to subtract, subtract all the time that you're sleeping. I was going to say, sweetheart, we're not allowed to sleep. We have to roam around this place and just get the most out of it. We're never allowed to sleep. We can sleep at home for free. Yeah. Jeez. Right. All we're going to do is steal shit out of the room. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> We're just going to steal shit off the room. We're going to steal shit out of the housekeeping cart. Everything's a souvenir because, you know, everything in that place is going to be like branded and marketed. So like oh, yeah. the, the toothbrush from from, you know, from the Galactic Star Cruiser, the toothbrush is going to be a thousand dollars on eBay. So it's, like, it's a future. No, oh, no, I guess it's a it's a long time ago toothbrush. But. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So the uh, but I thought that was fucking funny. So speaking of buying shit on time. So we did talk earlier about that Damon uh, motorcycle that's apparently made out of vaporware because the only one that exists was, you know, they allowed Cycle World to ride it. But it's a $35,000. This is the Damon Hyperfighter Colossus with 170 mile per hour top speed, 146 mile combined range estimated, 200 Herspers. And it goes zero to 60 in three seconds. Um, there are m- motorcycles you can buy that actually exist that you can ride today that I can sell you that do those numbers um, and also cost less than this. But anyway, the the Damon, D-A-M-O-N, Colossus, they advertise this motorcycle at $35,000 or subscribe for $475 per month. They use the language on their website. They don't say finance. They mm. say subscribe for $475 a month. Subscribe to what? The motorcycle. It'll Excellent least. point. I'm glad you said that. Subscribe to what? Because I'm seriously unable to figure it out. So it's uh, a, a motorcycle timeshare? Like we're talking about the- yeah. I know what it means on... Uh- up with Pixel phones from Google, I mean, it, mean, it means you get a reduced price right. 
get a deal when it's time to upgrade and you get like a the free um insurance with it yep so if i decide that i'm not going to buy my damon colossus motorcycle for thirty five thousand dollars then i'm instead going to subscribe to one for 475 dollars a month does that mean that when i've used this one up they're going to ship me another one as long as I'm continuing to pay my subscription fee, am I subscribing to the concept of Damon and that for the rest of my life, they will give me whatever their product is? Uh, does that mean that the insurance is covered? Does that mean that maintenance isn't covered? Like, like a lease or something where, you know, I, my subscription fee covers my enjoyment or ownership of the motorcycle. I don't know, but it's the first time I've ever seen a motorcycle being advertised on their website as a purchase price or a subscription price. That was sketchy. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's weird. And again, total fucking vaporware outside of at least one or maybe two prototypes that are out there being ceremoniously and carefully handed to journalists with a 97 page contract, I'm sure associated with it, that says, you're not going to release any information about it that they're not approving. You know, uh, I'm sure the NDA is long and dignified. So I don't think, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think subscription is going to be a word you're going to hear more and more. Yeah. Like the remote start for my car is a subscription. Right, right. I wonder if they could, I wonder if I could get a subscription for some snow tires for my truck. <laughs> I'm wondering if I could get a subscription for a dildo on my face for falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> I know it's coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yep, you know it's coming. <laughs> now, does it make you feel any better or worse that Damon Motorcycles has said that when it comes to their second motorcycle they're launching, motorcycle number two, which is the Hyperfighter Colossus, um, that there's 100 limited edition bikes only. They're only going to produce 100 of these vehicles. That's not a vote of confidence. For me to buy a vehicle that is going to cost me $35,000, which is, if you ask my accountant, more money than I made last year. The, uh, I take that as we're going to build 100 bikes and there'll be no extra parts and good luck. Yeah, it's a collector's edition. Well, and you're not supposed to ride it. Look, guys, if there's going to be a hundred thirty-five thousand dollar bikes, not a lot what's of money. The, what's no. the total value of the entire project? Yeah, you're right. Three hundred fifty grand. That's not a lot of money. No, true. That's not a lot of money for an entire company that represents itself as selling you a motorcycle that runs. Like the idea, if you're only going to build a hundred of these motorcycles, well, could that's it have not a lot of money. Could it have anything to do with exclusivity? A couple of podcasts ago, Johnny Mack was asking about investment grade bourbon or investment grade rum. Right. So, you know, and the whole discussion there was supply and demand. If you got a shitload of Maker's Mark and nobody's going to pay too much for it, but if you only got a, you know, small number of, whatever it happens to be, Pappy Van Winkle, then yeah, they pay a shitload for it. So maybe 
right. you know, it becomes an investment grade motorcycle. And Johnny was saying he's got money laying around. He wants to invest in investment grade shit. So yeah. I think he should buy one and then the rest of us can uh, ride it and, uh, and then write reports in the magazines and stuff and tell them how exclusive it is. Right. Well, this well, kind of reminds me of well, anything. This is more of an exercise in absurdity. That the only yeah. people who are going to buy those are, uh, who don't care about buying an absurd bike. Who cares? We're going to just be the only one to have it for a while until it breaks, and then we'll throw it away and buy something even more absurd with our it's, absurd amount of like, money. Like it kind, it kind of reminds me what? of the the Pagani Zonda in that they always made a, they made a thousand different little limited edition versions of it you know only a few of each and that they made that car for like 10 years like five at a time or something yep. like that and you're all motorcycles you're all russian motorcycles has taken a motorcycle that should cost you four thousand dollars sold it to you for fifteen thousand dollars but the idea was that they always had weird little quirky limited editions Mm -hmm. for these really small runs like they'd never tell you exactly how many they were going to make of that particular weirdo model but the idea was that every year there was some little weird niche model coming out so they could justify selling you a six thousand dollar russian motorcycle for over fifteen thousand dollars so it hasn't changed since 1948 right exactly and that's when i think about that kind of stuff when i'm like okay well so we talk about uh, the Janus motorcycle. The Janus motorcycle has a new high displacement motorcycle, but its initial cost to buy one right now is very expensive comparative to any other middleweight motorcycle. So what's the new Janus going to cost, Chris? It's going to be right around 14000 Yeah, $14,000 for a motorcycle. You know, a long way under, is that the 450 yeah. yeah yeah so that's a lot of money per cc uh, and we didn't even go to proprietary motor yeah so when we think about stuff like that damon motorcycle that right now it's kind of in that vaporware status where like they have one like they built a motorcycle but they're going around and sort of you know letting cycle world rub their dick on it and eventually they're gonna let other people rub their dick on it but that one isn't even in production yet. And they're already launching the Street Fighter version of it. So you're like, fuck. And then they're telling you they're only going to build 100 of the Street Fighter ones. That tells me how much trouble they're having selling the first one. Mm -hmm. If the second one is limited, you know, so like the idea being, you know, hey, sell a thousand first. So sell a thousand, get a thousand on the road. And then I might be interested in looking at your product. But I don't want to be the first guy to own a $35,000 thing that doesn't work because there are other electric motorcycle companies out there that have told us about, you know, lightning strikes and lightning carbons and all these different kinds of electric motorcycles that there are people behind them that have all the intentions in the world of building a cool thing. But the point being building one is one thing like, man, if you haven't studied the story of Tucker automobiles, you should. Mm -hmm. uh, and you think you're going to invest in something that's going to be extremely low production. Look at something like understand Tucker and understand what happened there and understand that that was a car that people could afford a very long time ago. And it didn't have an electric motor. I don't even want to buy the first model of model year of something right. that's going to, that they're going to produce a hundred thousand of. 
Right. You know, That's the new it. Bronco, you probably don't want to buy that first year Bronco. <laughs> I can tell you how it worked out for my wife being the first year uh, adopter. It, and not even the first year in the world, the first year in the United States market of a Fiat 500. So like being an early adopter of a car that was well- Worked out great for Nick. <laughs> I mean, it it worked out okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out great for us. So like- But didn't he also rally cross it? So I mean, like he might've had a little something to do with its demise a little bit. Yeah, but our, I mean, our car that we spent solid money on, like we spent asking price on a car that was a first year car and we did not get a good service life out of it. Like we did not get the kind of life out of a car that we would expect for a car that was being sold in the United States from a reputable car manufacturer. And, you know, and we didn't have a great experience. So it was like our, our situation, if you ask me, my opinion of, you know, buying a Fiat car is very much like my friends that bought a Mini Cooper S, uh, you know, mm -hmm. don't buy it if you expect the motor to hang around a long time. You know, if you're not familiar with head gaskets and the replacement thereof, you might not want to buy that car. Or I had a 2003 Mini Cooper S and like, I mean, it was okay. The supercharger leaked a little bit, but more importantly, it was a proper English car. Some days the electrics worked, some day the windows worked, some day the radio worked, some days it didn't. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. whatever it wanted to do. That car was so English, it overpowered the Germans who built it. <laughs> yes that's how authentically british it was yeah but it overcame the well it was probably it was probably german though probably built in mexico mm -hmm. there was i mean there was now a you lot got COVID cars you have all these covid cars that were built in 19 in 2020 21 i don't even want to buy a car that's been wasn't you know built before 2019 <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I really do think that what we're going to see in the market in the next two years is going to be fucking bonkers because the market is so out of control right now. And I do think that there's going to be a major hangover coming when it comes down to this whole like, oh, wow, you put down the full purchase price on whatever the motorcycle it is that you can't buy. And it, I mean, you bought, you can buy it, but it's not going to show up in your driveway. You're not going to be able to drive it for another six months or a year or what have you. And then just then the whole market's going to be just imploding upon itself. I really am. I can just see all the, guys, all the guys at the Ford plant buying that. They finally get the chips. They offer you a screaming deal on a new F two fifty. You buy the F two fifty and get laid off the next day. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's that. I mean, I really do see that happening. I mean, if you, I, I spent all two weeks ago and like past two weeks trying to buy a van and you don't want to do it. You just don't want to do it. The, the sticker, the sticker that already has the inflated destination charge on it is on the sticker. It's just a, it's like, this is where we're fucking you right here. This line on the sticker is where we're fucking you. <laughs> and then the dealer goes, okay, that's great. But we're also adding another $8,000 to that for stuff, for things, because it's here. So, you know, when you look at taking a $40,000 vehicle and adding another 12,000 on top of it, wow, you know, so that's, that's going to work for the minute, like for right now. So, but it's not going to work in the long term. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a really interesting thing. So 
If you want to buy a very expensive motorcycle, I tell you to hang on to your fucking wallet because the you're going to get some smoking uh, deals. The automotive industry would like to make $50,000 the, the average amount that you're going to spend on a vehicle. Absolutely. I mean, they're just trying to push it up so yeah. hard. Absolutely. And in motorcycles, it's the same way. Most people are looking at motorcycles now. We used to joke that like $5,000 was kind of that difference between like under 5,000 was a motorcycle you could buy without getting a note from your wife. And over 5,000 was, you know, negotiations and financing were involved over 5,000. That number has jumped up to 10,000 really quick. So motorcycle companies that are selling motorcycles at under $10,000 are selling motorcycles. They don't have to do a lot of work justifying. So, you know, you can buy, there are 2021 Moto Guzzi's available brand new at dealers that are not sold and you can save money on them. You can get bucks deluxe. There are uh, Bonnevilles that exist that are current year or last year model Bonnevilles that are brand new and you can get them. There's Harley Davidson's that are brand new last year model Harley Davidson's that you can get and they exist. It's just the strangest thing that in a market where people are going to tell you, if you want this particular motorcycle, there's an 18 month wait. But if you want this motorcycle over here, I've got 16 of them in the warehouse. What color do you want? Hmm. And that's weird. That's fucking weird. You so. know, I think, I mean, anybody doing service is probably making a killing right now. I mean, it's very practical to buy a car with a blown motor, buy that shell of a car with no motor, no tranny and drop a motor and tranny in it. And you're, yep. You're ahead of the game. Absolutely. If you want to buy a Ford pickup truck with a blown motor and put a $3,000 brand new remanufactured motor into it, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Because a 10-year-old car, which I've been looking at 10-year-old pickup trucks, a 10-year-old pickup truck, which I would have thought would be about six or $7,000, is $16,000. So a 2014 F-150 with 100,000 miles on it, six-year-old, seven-year-old truck. You'd expect seven or eight grand for that. Nope, for the basic two-door shit, small V6 motor, nothing fancy, not an extended cab, that's all of that all day long is fourteen to $16,000. I almost shit my pants. I started looking at uh, Toyota 4Runners. Yeah. You can find a 2010 Toyota 4Runner with 240,000 miles on it, and they still want $14,000 for it or six. Absolutely. It's insane. Absolutely. Right. Anything that's a specialist item like that, it's going to be extremely expensive. There Look at the FJ Cruisers. They're still there. You can't. They're like 20,000. Yeah. doesn't matter how many miles are on it. it. If it has the tire cover on the back, says FJ Cruiser on the back, it's 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Doesn't nobody gives a shit how many how old it is or how many miles are on? You know what's making a comeback too? I noticed is Honda Elements. People are like getting all frothy over Honda Elements again. It never went away. No. People who love Honda Elements have been thinking about their next Honda Element from the day they bought their last Honda Element. Yeah. Like they rust the fuck out. The kid at work's got one, and like the the shocks in the back were the 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 arches, the towers where they they're just all rusted out. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm like, well, fucking weld it back together. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever, cut and paste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people are people who are goofy for Honda Elements are absolutely goofy about Honda Elements. And they'll never forgive Honda for dropping that platform. You know, they'll never forget them for letting it go. I've owned a couple of them. Here's what I can tell you. If you fold all the seats down, you can fit two Vespa small frames in the back. You can fit one Honda CB350 in the back as long as your passenger is Emmy 
and no bigger. Uh, that's it. And you can close the deck and everything. A CB350 does fit. But it is it is completely, it has to live a sodium-free diet. There's no way you can get that car around any salt whatsoever. You are going to have things like the timing cam sensor are going to go. There's it, The... Catalytic converters are made of uh, apparently crack cocaine because as soon as you drive them into Cleveland, they disappear. So, and they're astronomically expensive to replace and only Honda OBD, um, sorry, Lambda sensors will work. So you can't just use anybody's mm -hmm. aftermarket Lambda sensors. You have to replace it with Honda shit. I so it's if I'm going to take my Corvette here, which has three catalytic converters in, right. and I'm going to supply them with a new exhaust system that has a catalytic converter do i get a discount like are they going to give me money off if they keep the catalytic converters no no it's it's just the i mean it's ridiculous right now that you would think those things were worth nothing at this point but they're not it's still a major problem here i want to walk away with my catalytic converters i of want course. my converters back did you yeah. see in south africa they're, they're having a fucking problem of these dudes grinding the inside of the fucking catalytic converters up and snorting it like, it's a drug. Like, it fucks them up. They get all fucking weirded out. Look it up. Like, these dudes are dying. Like, most of these addicts last, like, six months, and they're dead. They're grinding up fucking catalytic converter shit and snorting it. I mean, hey, wow. you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sur survival of the fittest there. Yeah. Apparently. Wow. I'd like to be the guy who spread that rumor. Is probably a guy who had access to a lot of extra catalytic converters. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. What, what it is is, though, it's really sad, actually. So, like, all, all the bad shit from the catalytic converters and all this stuff, they have nowhere to put it. South yeah. Africa takes it. There's some companies that's taking it in to dispose of it. Right. But they just have these dudes working in these yards just stacking it up and doing shit. So they're kind of, like, right. ruining the country. But then these guys were around it so much that they, I think they, whatever's in it, they got addicted to it. They started fucking snorting it and everything. It's not, it's not a rumor. It's, it was a whole story on one, like a, a whole fucking like investigative, I think Vice did it or something. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Right? Vice did the same thing about the guys that were basically drinking gasoline, you mm -hmm. know, that they were, they were selling each other petroleum products and they were drinking, it, mm -hmm. you know, and the idea was they were getting, they were getting stoned, but they were also dying. So yeah. you know, I hope I was straight weight. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what'll fuck you up. The uh, oh, speaking of speaking of weird shit, uh, podcast listener was extremely upset that we were discussing oil. Uh, you'll have that. Um, to, and to that, all I can say is I'm sorry. You mm -hmm. know, uh, this is a fucking weird podcast. Sometimes you get weird shit. Uh, what I found out was one of our customers reminded us that the BV350 scooter that we sell, and we sell a lot of them, the BV350 is guilty of using mutant blend oil. Um, it is 15W50. Hmm. Fuck you. Fuck you, Piaggio. Fuck you for coming up with a blend of oil for a viscosity of oil that heretofore has never existed in the time of science or man. Yeah, just uh, split the difference and use two different viscosities and blend them together so it's approximate. Sure, I guess. Yeah. Well, why not? Why not take Rotella, you know, 25W50 and 10W40 and put them together and you're mostly there. Yeah. In some form of algebra that works out, I guess. Why not split the difference? Why not just reduce it down to fractions? 
right? So if we say 1540, you know, that's, that's a number. Let's just knock that down into a basic fraction. And if we take that down into its fractional form, then we can take another 10W30 and then, oh, it's the same fraction. It'll still work. So take them, take it, reduce the fractions and you'll come up with the oil you actually need. Nope, it's true. Uh, we had to buy um, a whole bunch of this oil. So we were like, hmm, weird. And uh, I talked to some of my forward thinking mechanics about it. And I was like, so what have we been using? And they're like, 10W40, Motul, same shit we use in everything. <laughs> I was like, but the manual. <laughs> and they're like, this is straight up. And I was like, okay, all yeah. right. So I was like, we had to buy 15W50. Fuck you. <laughs> That's it. Because I mean, Nick knows in the car world, there's a whole lot of zero W20s right now, right? That seems to be pretty popular. High efficiency turbo engines already yeah. use those. Yeah, extremely high stuff. efficiency turbo engine, zero W20 oil. So you know, when you think about the idea of buying a 55 gallon drum of zero W20 and also having 15 W40 in your world too, but 15 W50 and 10 W60 for uh, Moto Guzzi's, that shit's just mean. That's just rude. It's evil. You don't need to do that. Well, You're being a dick. And uh, of course, yes. you know who you sell, who, who you buy it from? It's the Germans. <laughs> it turns out Liquid Molly or Liquid Molly. Um, is not just MDMA. It is it is also German motor oil. Hmm. And I have found that in the world of 15W50, liquid molly is where you want to go. Yep. Right. So yeah, I have it on good authority. Plus their oil bottles are fucking genius. On a side note, I did a little research and the, the crushed catalytic converter is called Bomba, B-O-M-B-E, Bombay. Mm -hmm. okay. And fresh up catalytic, the ceramic core, and the catalysts react with, they, they usually use sleeping pills and their different vitamins to make the concoction. It causes users to stand in one place or lie for days at a time or sleep for several days. And that's what fucks people up. They're just, they become motionless for long periods of time. And this is how the zombie apocalypse starts. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So basically, it's something that you can take away from industry. And it's 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 something that originates like it starts in industry and then ends up make grinding you to halt and becoming catatonic. It sounds like Congress. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you okay. call it a catatonic converter. A catatonic <laughs> converter. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> on that note, I think we should all ride fast and take chances. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for our very special Christmas edition, Back where there'll be frankincense and myrrh and 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 boughs of holly and, and no yeah. weird lags from this stupid Zoom crap. God, and we'll be in zoom. person. It'll be more yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Man.